And chat gang's already here. They're already here in force, which means it is time for Radcast 38. Good evening, everybody. I am Mephisto, the most dangerous man in Age of Sigmar. Well, perhaps second most, because my <laughs> guest tonight is actually uh, the number one ranked fighter at the 125 uh, category in Canada for three years, former unified MMA champ, uh, Mike Davis. How's it going, man? Good, really good. And not only former, I've, I've never lost that belt. I think this is, this is an important distinction. He never lost it. No, no, I just um, got injured and couldn't defend it anymore. I defended it. <laughs> yeah, how many? But, I mean, so so you might have you might have guessed real quick that we're going to be talking about MMA tonight on a show about Age of Sigmar, um, and that. With age. <laughs> but but we're also going to be talking about Age of Sigmar because I mean that's this is my jam is is the Age of Sigmar adjacencies that I see in life because this this hobby is so much bigger than just the plastic toys on the table and that's why I this, I've, I've been excited about this since since I talked to you I'm like I I've been having to like not talk to you because I didn't want to like basically do the whole show in, in YouTube or in, in YouTube comments or, or, or Facebook uh, chat, but man, yeah, it's great to have you on. So yeah, thank you. It's good to be on. So you were saying real quick that like you never lost it. No, no, I defended it and everything. Um, I actually won my unified title on um, my, my grandpa. Uh, it was Indian appreciation day and I'm first nations. Okay. And then my um, grandpa passed away the day I won my title. And then I defended it, and then I just never got to defend that one. Man. So yeah, it, Man. Was, it was emotional that night. That that had to be a wild, a wild ride. Yeah, everyone was trying to keep it from me, and it was the crazy part is I watched um that movie. It's a Seth Rogen movie where um they go to hell or whatever. Yeah. Uh, this is the end. I watched that movie, and Spirit on the Sky came in. Then I went to the lobby by Rexall. Um. Uh, uh, hockey arena and i went to eat breakfast before the fight then that spirit in the sky came on that song yeah and i was like oh man this is really good then i found out my grandpa passed away oh, and i was no. sitting there and dan severin from the like that ufc fighter dan severin was eating breakfast with it was like it was just like a chill old man and he ended up fighting that night too and um spirit in the sky came in came on and when we were driving back to the hotel, it came on a third time, and I was like, "I'm walking out to this song. Screw this!" Yeah. And I found out my grandpa passed away right after. Yeah, and so you, everyone you, was like, "Keep it from me." So you, so you, you found out after you won. No, I found out while right before I went to the right, arena. Right before, and everyone was trying to keep that knowledge from you because they thought it would affect the fight. Yeah, yeah, but it just like it was Indian, not like it. I was just like, it's it's going down, whatever. Man. Do you think you, do, I mean, we're kind of jumping ahead of the, the script here, uh, but like, do you think that fueled you? Um, yes and no, I, I, I do think so, because I was on, usually I'm a really chill, relaxed person, but I was um, super amped up for that fight, and I was like pacing, and I couldn't relax, and I couldn't stop working out in the back room for like, my fight, I was supposed to fight at 10, 10.30, and I ended up fighting at midnight. And I was warming up that whole time, and everyone's like, Mike, you're going to burn out. Yeah. Then I just, like, my song came on, and usually I like to wait for a slow build-up to walk out. I just ran out to the cage and took off my shirt, ran in, and didn't even give my team hugs. And then just went at it, choked him out in the first round out cold. But I, I, I was too antsy, though. I threw a punch. He took me down and put me in a choke, and it was my choke, a north-south choke. 
Mm-hmm. It's like when you're laying on the ground and choking them like north to south, like 69ing. And I was like, not happening. So I like struggled, turn around, and then grabbed him by the legs, picked him up, ran across the cage like a Matt Hughes and slammed him. Wow. And then choked him out. Yeah, it was wild. It was wow. very emotional. Wow. It was a good one. So, so that's like that. That's like your that's your go-to move. Is this north-south choke? This is this is. Yeah, I it's my coach called it my best choke. That and a rear naked choke. So yeah, I was I, like stuck in my own choke. I'm like, this not going to happen right now. <laughs> Come on, guys. I, I I've been in I've been in a few scraps growing up. Uh, like I, you you don't. How do I, how do I put this? You don't plan. How, how do I put this? The best way to know if you're good at a fight is to actually just get punched in the face sometime. Like, I did get punched in the face. <laughs> I, I, well, I mean, like, the the, the, the number... like I, So I, I was kind of like a bully's bully growing up. This is this is a weird re- weird rabbit hole for Rantcast, so uh, we'll go ahead and crack open the first beer of the night. Um, no, I so I, I used to get into fights because I, I was an abuse kid cliche. You know, like, I just grew up in, in the wrong home, and I had a lot of anger, but I was also the oldest... Uh, oldest kid in my family so I, I took on that like protector role and so I would go looking for fights for other people's fights if that made sense and like yeah. and so like you know then I, I got into like martial arts and you like why do you practice katas in martial arts and this is before the MMA craze so I'm like I have like any MMA guy I just whoop my ass but the reason you you practice like katas is to like is to like your body will then just react and start doing those moves it knows naturally because you don't really like like you can plan the best fight in the world the minute you get punched in the face the plan goes out the window it's mike tyson yeah everyone's got a plan until you get punched right right mike tyson and so a little bit of that went on and you're like my own move being used against me and then you just (laughs) yeah i was just like no this no come on come on bro (laughs) not today oh man man that's cool so so i guess that that brings me to like my first real yeah, like, did he just use my move, G Dead, in chat? Oh, hell no. <laughs> no, I am. Um, my my first question though is like, you're also like, you're also a pretty prominent nerd. One of the things I found out early about you is you let your nerd nerd flag fly. Um, oh, yes. which, which came first, like like the nerdery or the or the MMA? Um, it was kind of both. I was bullied a lot when I was growing up. Me and my brother and um, or my brother and I. Sorry. Um. We were nerds, but I had, like, a really nasty speech impediment, so I got bullied a lot. Yeah. Because I was born with spinal meningitis, and, it, like, my speech didn't develop very well until I was, like, a bit older. Mm-hmm. So my parents put us in, like, judo and all these things to, like, um, pretty much just stand up for ourselves, build confidence type of thing. Right. But the, I, I, my dad played magic cards and collected the old Star Wars CCG game, uh-huh. and, like, he collected the hockey cards and all this stuff. And, like, my, so my dad was a bit of a nerd in, like, hobby building. And then he just, like, would buy us magic cards, and we got into that. This was around when Phantom Menace was out. And okay. Star Wars was my, like, safe place. Like, Star Wars made me who I, like, I was a super nerd for Star Wars. Still am. See, I, this is, oh, go on, go on. Oh, no, then what really turned the corner was in grade five or six, uh, clear Pokemon Game Boy came out, and Pokemon Red and Blue dropped. And then I never looked back from being a nerd. See, that's that's awesome. So for for me, like, um, I don't know if you know this about Rancast. I know you've watched it. I, you've actually commented on a few videos on YouTube there. 
which is how this this really kind of happened because I'm like, dude, like I think an MMA fighter just just messaged me, and Jack's like, no, 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 that really is an MMA fighter, not like his fan or anything. I'm like, really? Like he's got to come on Rantcast. So that's how this all this all, that's how this all happened, everybody. Um, but but like like uh, depending on how long you follow Rantcast, you know that I hate Star Wars, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. No. <laughs> no, no. Star Wars is my jam. I'm playing the game right now. So. No. So the joke is that I hate Star Wars. I don't hate Star Wars. Like I actually, think, oh, no. I I think you you brought up something really. I think you underlined something that that nerds. I'm a little bit older guard of nerd. You know. So like uh, you know, mid. I'm I'm a thirty something nerd as opposed to a twenty something nerd, which means like you know. So my my gateway drugs in were like. Uh, you know, like the old Robotech and, uh, like, uh, original run of TMNT, like in the eighties, Thundercats, like things like that. Yeah. And then I got into comic books, uh, you know, so like not, not my room too... full of comics right now behind me under my belt. Right on, right on. Yeah. And, and like, so my, and then like my uncle then would have been the older guard yet who was, it was, you know, Star Trek Battlestar Galactica, oh. like that was his gateway drug into nerdery. So like, like it, it goes in generations, and I think it's important, you know, you know, the the when the when the prequels came out, I got to see it through my cousin who was younger than me, uh, be, begin to be the obsession in Star Wars, and yeah. at some point in time, as like a as a nerd, we have to realize that like, like you may not. Like, oh, this isn't my Star Wars, but man, it is somebody else's Star Wars. And like that, those little avenues into these things that we love, like you, yeah. it's it's important to just kind of, I think, identify the love, not the the thing as much as anything. But like when I see someone nerding out over something, I go, that's a nerd respect. <laughs> like, yeah. like that's, that's, that's where, so, so you had this like, sort of like, like you, you were uh, doing, uh, you were kind of judo. Um, which is sort of the backbone of MMA, really, like with the uh, with the what the Gracies and stuff like that. Like that's it, really yeah, jujitsu and judo, yeah, yeah. Those are the, that's sort of the background of, of MMA. Um, I actually, so I was when I was younger. This is a lesser known fact about me. And my I trained in, in martial arts as well, um, not mixed martial arts. This was slightly before that, but uh, it started out as karate because it was just big in the nineties, right? Um, yeah. <laughs> and then actually my sort of trainer, um, got, was like really into Bruce Lee. And so he was like, he's like, he stopped basically calling it karate and just calling it martial arts because oh, like yeah. Bruce Lee's big thing was having form without form, having, you know, like having no form as your form. Like, like he, like some people think that Bruce Lee was kind of the first mixed martial artist in that he just he had this belief that all fights end on the ground that, you know, like you can have the flashiest kicks in the world, especially near the end of his career where he was just a genius of training. And that's all he did was just train and fight. Yeah. No. yeah. He was a pioneer of like the whole sport. So mm. Mm. Like, yeah, any martial artist loves Bruce Lee, Ali, Mike Tyson. Those are like the pinnacles of okay. like F sport fighting. Martial arts. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. I mean, uh, like, like, for instance, uh, Ali had the, like, mental... I think he had the mental game. Bruce Lee actually admitted to, like, kind of taking from... Taking from Ali. Like, his footwork? He was, like, that's Ali's footwork. And the, like, sort of, like... The shimmy and the shake was also an Ali thing, because Ali knew he could beat you if he got in your head. Do you find that... Do you find that in, in like, modern MMA? Like, the, the mental game? I, um... 
So I was a really big smack talker for the later end of my career, but not not in a vile way, but like it start, started with this me and um, this guy named Tony Bibby. My brother and I were 135ers. There wasn't much at, in Alberta for our weight class. And there was a team in Edmonton full of 135ers. So we started smack talking all the time. And this guy named Tony Bibby was the, actually it's our 10 year anniversary on Facebook for our fight. We just smashed each other for three rounds. But um, here's a big, like, established vet who was five and two, and I was, like, two and one at the time or something we fought. Mm-hmm. And, like, he went and fought in Rexall in Edmonton and, like, called me out on the mic and called me skinny fat after I beat him. I was like, what the hell? <laughs> and then we started beefing, and I, like, started smack-talking his whole team. And, and, yeah, but it was like we would go to watch other people's fights and like sit with each other and smack talk each other in the friendly way. But like, I'm seriously, I'm going to beat you up. If you keep talking, we're going to do this. <laughs> but it was like in a, such a friendly way. And like, I was telling uh, Jack there from rerolling once this last night. Um, I take the game and a really friendly, fun approach to fighting. I'm always smiling and having good times. Sometimes I'm not, and I'm more of a focused, serious person, but I was fighting this guy named Matt Knish. And I pinned him against the cage. I had him. I was working for a takedown, and I was just, like, looking up. So, because you don't want to tuck your head because people could guillotine you there. Mm-hmm. And I was looking up, and I saw my friend up in the arena. And I looked at them, smiled, and started waving at them. <laughs> <laughs> and then I took him down. And then, like, this guy caught me in an ankle lock, and it hurt. And I just looked at him and, like, yawned. And, like, like oh. and he's like, what the fuck? And he's like, I heard your leg pop. And I like he let go. I got out and end up TKOing him. But to, like to this day, me and Matt, we like we fought twice. But we're such good friends now. Like we are good buddies. And he's like, dude, how like why do you do that? I'm like, seriously, you're about to blow my Achilles or my knee. I'm like, I just thought of that, and you let go. I'm yeah. like, <laughs> so it, like mentally for him, I beat him in something I didn't notice I was doing. Mm-hmm. But I was just like, I'm that goofball kind of fighting. That's that's. So, so, so you, you, your personalities in your fighting too. Oh, completely. It's I, I have fun. I always, I'm laughing, smiling. I don't like my one of my last fights. I was fighting this guy named Malcolm, and he's pacing back and forth and forth in the cage and looking at me, staring me down, grunting. And I like walked in the cage and leaned against the cage with my arms behind my back, just chilled. And I was just like, that's kind of how I approach a game. I walk yeah. out to really cool, fun songs and. And just relax. No, see, there's that, no that, point getting tense up. You're fighting anyway. Well, you want to be I loose. Don't need that much adrenaline. Yeah, you you kind of want to be loose anyway, especially in in, in your uh, your sport. No, I I um see, I went a way different route with with my my martial art background. I actually became a professional wrestler because I loved the like pageantry and the smack talk way more than the actual fighting. <laughs> so like, I decided to fake fight and do flips and shit, and uh, you know, I did that for about uh, two years. Uh, in the indie circuit in in uh, in in Western Wisconsin, Eastern Minnesota, so bull oh, power I... wrestling, uh, NW or uh, what is it? NAW, sorry, New Age Wrestling, a bunch of a bunch of like tiny indie indie promotions, uh, like it, it, like I, I just and I you know ta- you were talking about coming out to goofy music. My only claim to fame is I was one of the first women's champ for this small thing because they only had they only had two wrestlers. Or they only had two oh. women wrestlers. Um, one of them got sick, so I dressed in drag, and 
uh, I was a heel at the time called Ginger, so I came out to Barbie Girl and oh, uh, nice. won by fighting dirty. You know, uh, talcum powder to the eyes that I pulled out of my uh, pulled out of my like jock strap underneath my dress, sundress that I was wearing, and uh, but like the the pageantry and the and the the that was always something that really fascinated me, and and I think. For go on, you sound like you got a point there. Oh no! If it wasn't for pro wrestling, I would never found MMA. Blockbuster videos used to stack MMA videos and um, pro wrestling like WWF together. Yeah, my brother and I would like use my mom's um, tin foil under her kitchen for baking and smash it on each other and use Lego parts to wrestle each other. <laughs> and then we accidentally found Tito T's and um, DVDs and everything. And then we just. It broke out. Then, when next thing you know, we're wrapping socks around our knuckles and copying what Tito Ortiz and all these guys did. Yeah, those original, sort of that that original like Trinity there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the Mad Lad Soren popping off here with the gift subs in chat. Thank you so much, Soren, man. Sixteen tier one subs going for a total of a hundred gift subs. Crazy. Enjoy, enjoy all the Mister Meth emotes, folks. Be sure to go spam them in Rob Symes, the Honest War Gamers uh, Twitch, the next time you get the chance. <laughs> I saw AOS <laughs> coaches in there. That's awesome. Coach I always is, watch his stuff. Yeah, coaches in there. Like, uh, yeah, coach is a great dude. Um, a lot of good. Uh, Joel McGrath's in there. I guess a lot of good, a lot of good folks in chat tonight. So yeah. thank you so much for that, Jack's dude. Probably busy acting like he's working. <laughs> <laughs> um. No, it's, uh, it's, uh, no, yeah, yeah, so, like, the, the fighting thing, the, the MMA, the, the thing, and I think there's some of that in, in Age of Sigmar, the, the, the friendly competition, I think, uh, I mean, that was, that was something I was gonna, like, maybe ask a little bit later on, but, but, but common grounds that you see in Age of Sigmar, what, what's, like, maybe one of those big ones you see between MMA that, like, that you like over in, in Age of Sigmar? It, well, there's, there's so much you could actually, it sounds weird to, like, um, match with aos and fighting yeah but the main thing is when you have a group of friends who play or a gaming group and you go to tournaments uh hold on i just gotta start this no 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 that's cool so hey you party people how's it going tomb king uh tomb king Kristen, how's it going my friend it's um you get like this is a base i think where it starts um you get a group of friends who all like try and help each other and get better with each other and prove each other Mm-hmm. And that's how my MMA gym was. You have a group of best friends. You're inseparable, unbreakable. You do everything together, and you all create this a community pretty much, right? Right. And that's what our gym was. We played magic together. We played hobby together. We went out together. We did birthdays together. No matter what, we were always supportive. One guy cut weight, like, for fights. You'd have 13 people cutting weight with them just mm-hmm. to make sure, like, it's such a positive thing, and the same with like around here for AOS. My group, like we just started playing a year ago, and we all got back into the hobby as a other. But it's like a community. We're always talking to each other. We're always giving each other advice, painting tips. Hey, you should try this. Um, sharing news and videos and like um, content. Because mm-hmm. if it wasn't for my buddy Jesse sharing Doug and rerolling ones. Probably wouldn't jump back in because I remember I was checking in after I left Fantasy and getting into AOS. I saw the circle bases. It looked like 40K. I'm like, nope. I'm good. <laughs> I'm like, not happening, bro. I'm like, where's the vampire counts? No, none. Okay, we're okay. This is dumb. <laughs> so, so, so you, 
you actually brought up a couple great points. Like, first off, vampire counts represent. <laughs> Sorry, <Yeah>. Tristan. <laughs> but, yeah. uh, but, uh, but, but second, um, because that that was my army. It was undead, and then and then I tr- and then like I had to decide between tomb kings and and vampire counts. I went with the counts, yo. Like <laughs> OG Edlord, Edgelord. You want to know something horrid? I well, it's not horrid. It was so back in our town. We lived in a small town called Bizano. It's probably a couple thousand people. Like it's a tiny town, mm-hmm. and we had like nine or eight players. I like me and my brother like stirred this pot of, into Warhammer Fantasy. And the first, I bought a white dwarf on a road trip with my grandpa, and it was vampire counts versus, um, it was like those page bad reports, mm-hmm. with vampire counts versus dark elves. And they had the big necromancer on the dragon, and they're raising the undead and all this stuff. Yeah. And I fell in love with it, and I slowly got into it then. Like, we, I got all my soccer team, like, pretty much in it, and we'd yeah. play on the floor, and we came crazed. And we we're trying to get our buddy Brian into it, and I had Vampire Counts and Empire. And I wanted Brian to play so bad back in my friend Jesse's basement. I traded my Vampire Counts army for Lord of the Rings Risk. <laughs> no, yeah, but like he's still, like those models are still around. Uh, next weekend, our buddy Jesse is bringing up all our old Empire, um, Vampire Counts, Dwarf. Like he's bringing up all these old armies to yeah. Tomb Kings. And we're going to pick through it, but I traded it to get my friend into AOS, and that's how Brian got us back in. He was a him and Jesse were the first ones to jump back in. He's like, I just bought this massive things of um, paint off of Kijiji, and he's like, come over, let's get into this game again, try it out. And he was just throwing paints around to get us all back into it. Yeah, see, so, so that's awesome because, like, you so you 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 mentioned that your your sort of origin with fighting and 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 you know just general nerdery. Magic the Gathering. So you were in on Warhammer Fantasy Battle kind of early on, too, in your, your sort of, like, history was, of being a nerd. Yeah, the big red book with the Empire Vampire Counts, Tomb Kings. Yeah. Tomb Kings were really new then. We played in high school, and then after we graduated, all got jobs, we separated. And we just got back into it last May. Yeah. I'm, I'm talking seven friends from high school, or six friends from high school, who played, like, a decade ago, 10, 12 years ago. Yeah. We're all 30 now. We just got back into the game as a group, and we, some of us haven't talked in ages, ages, like five, six, seven years. And this game somehow drug us all back together, and now we're trying monthly games. See, that's see, I, I mean, I think that's some of the magic of Age of Sigmar. This is, I, I've, I've been around like sort of competitive gaming, a lot of Magic the Gathering, a lot of uh, e, quote unquote esports for for a long time. Uh, for as long as as long as I've I, as long as there's been a tournament to go to with something related to gaming, I you know I was able to do that. Um, like it, it just, but like knowing everything I know about all those other games, I'm still like no, Age of Sigmar is different. It's special, and it I I think that's really one of the things that I'm I'm always questing to figure out is like what makes it different, and like. I don't know what it is, but I just know it is. You know, it's 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 pretty great. And like you said, that you you got high school friends that played it like a, a literal decade ago, come back together. I didn't play the right way. <laughs> <laughs> so you, so you come back together playing Age of Sigmar. You had to have your that reassurance from your friend to play on circle bases. So now that you've been well, playing, oh go on. Oh no, it's like it, I just saw the lore and everything. The armies I loved, the empire was gone, vampire counts was gone. I was like, this is dumb. This is so dumb. <laughs> and then like it was just when second edition was coming out, and he sent me re-rolling one's battle reports. Yeah. 
And so I was just like, oh, I'm going to check this game out. And then I I was like, okay, you know what, let's do this. Next thing I know, I went out and bought 2,000 points of orcs. Because I thought, like, I was like, we were all talking about which armies to buy. Mm-hmm. And I just went to the store, and I wanted Undead. And I just saw Gordrak or, like, a Maw Crusher. I'm like, well, I'm orcs. <laughs> <laughs> and you, you was, my brother's army was the Greenskins. So, and then I was like, I'm sold on that one model. So you're you're still you're still pretty pretty firmly a destruction player now. So you've a aban- you've since abandoned you've you've abandoned us in the best faction in death to to go and play uh, destruction. I forgive you, man, and not if just because you if, could you could punch my head off. If they come out with Hemmer Kemmler or a vampire army, yeah, I'm back in. Back I'll in. be back in. Right. Until then, I'm not I'm not touching that. It's a mess. Legion, the gas is a mess. My buddy has legions in night haunt. But I was like, when I played that, I had a black coat, and then I had zombies on zombies, and I just write my friends' names on all the zombies' uh, tombstones, and and then yeah, it's like every time I kill them, I would write their names on their tombstones, and That's then great. Um, I love that. Yeah, and I had zombies and skeletons, and that was my army. And now it's like Graveguard are no good. Like they're the coolest unit in the game, like uh, in death style. Grave Graveguard are a sleeper hit right now. I maintain they're pretty. They're pretty much a, a sleeper hit. Um, yeah, but it's just like uh, it's like, not the um, same though. It's it's not the same. I agree with how you. the game like and there's so much what bugs me. I the one thing I hate about destruction is how they're trying shoehorn Gork and Morka into every faction mm-hmm. and like this endless winter. I think destruction should just be. Armies that can't be tamed by civilizations and not have any ties. Goblins and the Bad Moon should have no relations to orcs or ogres. It should just be a free-for-all faction, in my opinion. I hate how they're trying to force a tie together. And I hope in the future, like AOS 3, they kind of try to take a divide on that. That's a great take. That's a, that's a fantastic take. But, but the first thing that came into my head was, God, you're a nerd. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, that's what bugs me about destruction in my head i try to make that bit different so yeah but yeah. like when i when i was like i'm a nerd about anything i love i i think you could be a nerd about pretty much anything oh, yeah. i agree I back agree in the day i you i made my own stat system for how good fighters were by like how they finished certain opponents with who they beat, and i made my own rankings and i would um stat how they beat each other and like put how good they are and uh, give them um, a rating mm-hmm. and that's how i bet on fights with my friends how, how, how successful was it how, how it was actually pretty good pretty it was good? pretty good that's all back awesome. in the day like bj penn was like my highest rank and he was tearing through the lightweight division and then like it's just i i don't i would like factor in like how they're training if they switch gyms like i went so nerdy about it it was disgusting. No, no, that's not disgusting at all. That's that's beautiful. Uh, that's there's a <laughs> the uh, no, like I mean, that's what that's what fantasy football is, right? It's it's just Dungeons and Dragons for people not willing to admit oh, they're nerds. Yeah, there's, there's my buddy Jesse. I lost a lot of loonies. Oh, so and then we created a, a UFC betting game. We had a, a octagon, and on the outside was round one, and there'd be round one TKO sub or KO. And then round two, round three, and it would be red corner, blue corner, and you'd pick your corners and put loonies. You Americans don't know this. Oh, but loonies, loonies is the money. Perfect on it. Yeah. You know, little the little quarters, but we'd put dollar bets. And if you pick the fight exactly right, you win everyone's money. 
And you you have Toonies still as well, right? The two dollars. Yeah, Toonies are toonies. still a thing. Yeah. yeah okay. I, I dated a girl from Canada one time, so so I'm no. I'm an expert on your currency. <laughs> oh, there we go. Yes, the loonies and toonies, or you just went to the strippers a lot. It's one right, of the two. Right. Because we, that's what we throw at strippers is loonies and toonies. <laughs> I, I, I feel so bad for them. Oh, man. Well, so, so, so uh, you, you kind of, we got your, your timeline for uh, Age of Sigmar kind of nailed down. How, uh, you know, I'm assuming that the MMA happened, that, that sort of like, the dedicated MMA actually kind of climbing the circuit happened in that sort of 10-year span where you were away from, from AOS. Yeah, like how, how pretty long- much. So you were grinding ten years, like that was when you you were fighting and stuff like that, working. Yeah, I yeah. So I left Bizano and started pursuing my MMA career because, like, back in my hometown, I loved to fight. I was fighting, wrestling all my friends, watching UFC, and I just went up to my sister's wedding in Edson and found out there was an MMA gym. And then I was like, "Screw it! I'm here for two weeks. I'm going to go like hang out, go train with this MMA gym." And then the coach, I haven't even been training two weeks at this gym yet, walked out and he's like, you want to fight? I was like, what? He's like, a pro fight just came up at 145. I was like 139, 40 pounds. And they're like, this guy lived with Paul Daly. He's four and one. I was like, you just, uh, sure, let's fuck it. Let's do this in a month. Okay, let's go do this. And uh, that's how I had my first pro fight. I lost in the third round. I got cut up really bad and they stopped it. But, like, it was a back-and-forth war. Like, it was nasty, and I had no right being that long in the ring with him. Yeah. And it blew, like, this is what I did when, like, everyone went to work and partied, did the whatever phase, you know? Mm-hmm. And then I just fought, but my friend Jesse and I still kind of liked um, Warhammer, and I got really bored one time at the mall and bought a Skaven Doom Wheel and a unit of Skaven just to paint. And then I put that away and never touched it again, pretty much. Yeah. And then, yeah, I've just continued fighting. And I I started off 0-2 pro. And I'm like, fuck, this is kind of, this is rough. And then I started winning and winning and winning and winning. Because I just, I sucked at for Well, I didn't suck. I just, I was taking too hard of fights. And I wasn't just tying everything together. And I just assumed I would be way better than I was type of thing. Mm-hmm. And because I didn't lose fights much, and I was just not like all my coaches were like, "Oh, you're like a natural, and you kind of believe in your own hype." And then I just started relaxing because my coach, I remember my first fight would be like, "Dude, serious, okay, get in focus, get in focus," because I would be walking, talking, laughing. And my very first fight, I was just like chit chatting, I was like laughing a lot, and I was just like, I was like in the zone. And then the guy before me went out. I'm like, he's going to lose in like fucking 30 seconds. That guy has no right to be here. And like people were laughing. My coach was like, serious, Mike, serious, game face. And then that's when you realize everyone has their own approach to everything, right? Yeah. My approach wasn't being serious. And he was forcing me to be serious. Uh-huh. And it didn't work for me. And then I took a break, trained, and I another coach came into Edson there and loosened me up and let me walk out to like float on by modest mouse and don't nice. worry, be happy. Three little birds, like a bunch of like silly stuff. And I was relaxed and then I rattle off like nine wins in a row. Like, well, Mod- modest mouse isn't players. just ser- it's silly. It's great music. So, uh, oh, I love it. <laughs> I love them still to this day. I listen yeah. every now and then. Yeah. So, so I actually, this, this point here about like relaxing, smile and having fun, 
like with your training and even with your fights, I think that this is pretty pertinent to, to Age of Sigmar. Now, obviously, you, you said early on everyone's kind of got their own approach, but I really believe that, I mean, even Bill Nye's got a, got a quote that if you get people laughing, you get them learning. Yeah. Like, like, you, like you can't, you can't like be in pure like fight mode and learn something. You know, yeah. like you, you have to have that, the brain and the muscles relaxed to absorb. So I really, I really like that take. Uh, do you think what, that, that has helped you? Well, whatever point you got there, but do you think that's helped you in Age of Sigmar? Oh yeah, completely. So when we first started, like the salt in certain situations ran hard because we're a very competitive group of friends. Like when we played Risk, if someone flipped that board, you're getting beat for 30 minutes straight and getting the worst Charlie horse of your life. We took risks so serious. We took like Warhammer so serious. But so when we got back into it, we were pretty serious. And then like someone'd be losing and you get frustrated and mad. And then like all of a sudden, like we're like, well, why are we doing this, guys? This is like we're taking this too serious. We relaxed. Then we started like looking at rules and be like, oh, we could do this, this. Because the rules are, like, so simple, but they're more complicated than they look. Yes. There's so a very... Like, retreat, yeah, retreating pylons and all this yes. stuff. And then forgetting rules, we're like, well, how do we backtrack this? But when we are not serious and loose, we help point out each other's mistakes. Like, dude, dude you don't want to do that into him. Or there's, like, you're leaving a huge gap for hand to court, you know? Right. Um. So you start, when you're having fun and laughing and just enjoying like stupid stuff we're like okay i wouldn't usually do this but i'm doing it just to learn you get in a space where once you stop trying so hard you open yourself up to new ideas mm. you, you're not so shut off because when you're so focused you can't like let your mind bring in s s certain stuff right like the last three weeks of fight week or fight training or the last two you don't learn anything you can't learn anything new it's all business if someone's trying to show you new stuff it's a waste of time and that's like the mentality there because everyone gets so serious and focused where when I went into training last week's a fight, I was trying to relax so I'm not stressing out because when you're stressed out, you don't lose weight. Your body's tense and you, that whole, you're torturing yourself. So it's the same with AOS. You come into that and if you're relaxing and having fun, you might notice you're making mistakes or your opponent making mistakes and you should work with each other, fix those mistakes, become better players. And then me and my um, driller, Nick, there, we started playing games after work. Like, we would work, like, 12 hours and then drive a couple hours, so 14 hours. We'd stay up, like, we'd start work at, like, 5, like, drive to work, and stay up to 6 a.m., and then we'd stay up to, like, 12 and have to work at, like, 6 p.m. again. But we'd stay up from uh, 6, 7 to 11, 12 a.m. to play a game, but we would, like, go just so happy we could play it because it's, like, a break from that horrible work schedule we have. Yep. And we just, like, try to experiment with AOS. And that's when we started learning. And, oh, like, oh, this screen, this charge, what's your, um, what's your threat, like, range? And then we started, like, learning all this. And we're like, that's when the rabbit hole opened. We're like, this game's way deeper than it is. And that's, like, with MMA. You, you could learn the basics and you could have fun with it in MMA. But when that rabbit hole opens and you're doing Oshigiris and flying triangles and doing crazy throws and jumping head kicks, flying knees, and just learning combinations and throwing them in a fight, you like it all opens up to you. And you can't do that if you're shut off or too focused narrowly down like a straight line. 
you have to expand your vision type of thing. Well, the, the other thing I've noticed with, with exactly what you're preaching here is uh, fights and games slow down when you know. Like, a fight goes real fast in, uh, like, in when we're watching in real time. But, like, when you're actually, like, in the zone. I remember this one time I was training. Uh, this is the Jeet Kune Do guy. Um, or sorry, just martial arts because he, he was very much a Bruce Lee purist. Um, like, I remember we're sparring, you know, um, gloves off and stuff like that. We're just, you know, a quarter strength, essentially. Enough to, like, feel the sting of your mistakes, but not... And I remember, like, time... I actually got my my uh, my fist under his guard. And I remember this time slowing down and remembering us just fucking around all day trying to prove if the one-inch punch was a real thing or not. Like, we're just fucking around all day trying to figure out if it's a thing or not. And I had my fist under his guard... And basically, if you ever see Bruce Lee do it, he just pops his hips and shimmies. It's more of a dance move than a fight move. And I just did that. And since he was, I was already under his guard and he was kind of off balance, he just flew. Like, he just, like, he is the first time I'd ever, like, quote-unquote, won at sparring. And I'm just like, because I had remembered the, the fun bullshit we were doing and not the, like, crazy, serious stuff. There's, yeah, there's this saying there, um... Like, when it comes to this, like, when you play Age of Sigmar, you focus on winning the game so much, mm-hmm. you forget that there's a saying in MMA we always have, if you don't win, you learn. And, like, that crosses over to AOS. Like, it's not about winning, especially when you're playing with your friends. You should just have a good time and try to learn. Learn your army better, learn the game better, like, and just have a good time with your friends. It's not about winning at all, but the natural competitiveness is in everyone. Like, who likes to win or lose, right? It's not a fun thing to do. I agree. So, yeah, but you learn every time you lose. You're like, I should have done that different next game. I'm going to do this. So you should always try to make yourself better, but not make it less fun for other people. It's like someone who uh, loses an MMA fight comes into the gym and prove they're not, like, they're still the shit, and they spar way too hard. And that's not fun for no one else. Because then you're not having fun, and then it gets intense, right? So you you should always, in my opinion, come with things in a relaxed state and make sure you're trying to have fun. Because, like, if MMA, MMA came unfun for me because all the politics and the tweeting, making videos, the records, uh, trying to get to USC, it took away m- my passion for it. Mm-hmm. And now, like, it's kind of coming like the fire's burning pretty bad right now again and so but it's because i wouldn't have to worry about any of that stuff i don't have 13 sponsors to uh please i don't have to tweet about my sponsors my fight i don't have to sell all these tickets i don't have to do this Mm -hmm. i'm not worrying about my ranking how many fights i won in a row who i'm fighting it it would just be more relaxed Mm -hmm. so like when you take the fun out of something what's the point of doing it type of thing. Right. Well, and you, you mentioned something there about like, kind of like the, the losing side of it. Um, if you're, if you're not relaxed in a loss and I'm not to say don't care, there's a difference between caring and like, we have this like, Oh, you're too chill. You don't care. It's like, no, no, no. Like I care a lot. I just chill is my perspective and, and the, the place, the place I put my mentality in going into something like I care that I lost, but I'm chill so I can absorb 
I can absorb the loss and learn the lesson. And I think it's very important because if you if you lose a game and you're tense and you're pissed off, it's it's an emotional response. Like I get it, losing sucks. But if you yeah. if you indulge that and you just cross your arms and you're furious at the table, you won't learn the the lesson. You're not going to absorb it. And it, I think it's very important that you that if if the goal is to progress, if the goal is to to quote unquote get better and have better games and then you're going to want to like put your put yourself in that mental state to absorb the information that relax that relaxed state exactly i I also think it's important to communicate with people you're playing with and stuff what you're going for on that game stuff maybe Mm. you want one week in a competitiveness next week in dumbness like last time i got salty i brought a unit of gluttons a tyrant like we had a two-player like 2v2 game yeah. My buddy brought a janky night haunt list and I brought a tyrant, some trolls, some gore grunters, a tyrant and a mega boss. Like on on foot. Like a, a janky janky as janky could be list. And gluttons. <laughs> yeah. And like I was destruction. And then we face before I got nerfed the slaves of darkness Nurgle and OBR. Um Petrifix. Yeah, uh, yeah. I got salty. I was like straight up this is the dumbest thing I'm like, why? Well, and I was so salty. Well, like also like gluttons are are fodder. It's a like OBR are a hard counter. You don't have any rend. Your low body count. We're just gonna swarm you and smash you into the ground. And then like, Nurgle, you slam into them, and any sixes you die. <laughs> you yeah, know, it yeah. was just a not a fun gaming experience. But sometimes that happens, right? Right, and and that that's something that I think is super important in Age of Sigmar. You just it's it's one of the greatest things about Age of Sigmar is it is a social game. Um, yeah, you, no. you must you must communicate while, while playing it. This is not Magic the Gathering where I can put on my headphones, see you tap a creature, and know that that means that's attacking, right? Yeah. Like I like I need like you have to tell me what you're doing in the game. Like you must. And if you have yeah. to tell me what you're doing in the game, we might as well have a conversation when you're not telling me what you're doing. You know, like yeah, no. That's that's why I love this game though, is because it's a game what grants opportunity to have conversations with people you're playing and learn who they are. Because there's that downtime, the movement phase. Oh yeah. And then even it's just like playing with the rules and intent. Like, hey, I'm trying to move these guys three inches away from you. Yeah, playing by intent. You know? Yeah, this is my intent of doing this move, yep. or this is my intent on this move. Yep. This is my intent, and you might screw it up, but it's. If your opponent's nice, they'd be like, okay, this was your intent. You just screwed it up. That's a really nice thing. Where compared to, like you are saying, magic, your intent. If you tap something and you freaking, like, oh, and then you don't back, no one's going to ever let you backtrack that. Where in Age of Sigmar, I feel like there's that that leeway, like, oh, that was your intent. Okay. It's just as long as you say it. Where if magic cards, you accidentally tap something and you're like, went back, judge, like, oh, no, I don't want to do that. Judge. Like, Nope, judge, 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 you. judge. I got you. Hand goes off. Yeah. Gotcha, judge. Well, yeah. And, well, it, real, go ahead. Oh no, I was just saying. Oh, yeah. Tomb King Christian magic tournaments. 100%. You don't see people without headphones or like there. It's not a thing. AOS, probably not. But Head- magic is having a conversation at a magic tourney. You might as well get punched in the face. <laughs> it would be easier on your ego dude no it's he, 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 no the, uh, to answer tomb king tristan headphone guy 
is a stereotype of Magic the yeah. Gathering players. Like, and if they don't, they're looking down at their cards and shuffling them. Like, yeah, this. Show, they, like they show. Like, I, I see. I have that habit too, though. Like, I, I, the only Magic the Gathering I play anymore is Commander or EDH. Oh, if, yeah. if you're an old beard like me, like I play, I, play, it's the only one I play because it is the most social one. Still, yeah. like it's the most social one, so I still play it. So I get to, I get to like have the fun of all the things that made me love Magic in the first place. You know the the weird combos out of nowhere, the strange interactions, the just the rules upon rules. But like, but like, I don't have to deal with grognards constantly because that's what no. MTG is. And and actually, you you mentioned I, I don't know if we mentioned it earlier on. I know we mentioned early on that you talked that you played Magic, but you actually were telling me that you were actually a a standard grinder for about six years. Oh yeah, I was hardcore into the like local F and M's and everything. Me and a couple of guys off my fight team. We couldn't drink anymore because we're always training. Mm -hmm. So I played Magic when I was young, and so did one of my training partners. So we started tabletop, just Magic, buying random stuff. And then we found out about F&M. Being the competitive people we are, like, let's just go in. And we, we like, we're doing uber good all the time. And, like, I, I would, like, our local store had, like, 40, 30 people. And, three like, us three were always top eighting winning doing all this doing the store credit and i'm not sure if the store credit is a detriment because it makes people more serious yes but it didn't do it for us like my friend jesse i think he's in the chat for halloween dressed up as a gladiator and brought a minotaur deck just as <laughs> and like just like we got drunk and went to m type thing right yeah. yeah but like and yeah but people were still so serious and i remember one player called graham lost it he's like no one brings this. What? And he's like, I don't have a sideboard for this. And was losing it on yeah. Jesse. And he was offended. Jesse brought some jank-ass deck and ran him over. Oh, yeah. And uh, Jesse got third or fourth place with a Minotaur deck because everyone's playing a certain way. No, he got second place. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He ran through him with this dumb Minotaur well, this deck. Is, this... Dressed up as a gladiator while all these guys are just like sitting shuffling the cards being all serious. Like, relax, bro. Well, this... <laughs> This is this is actually one of the things like I'm trying to get trending in the Age of Sigmar vernacular, which is the idea of jank or the jungle. Like, oh, yeah. there's a why. So essentially, we, you, like the meta in in Magic: The Gathering is hyper tuned. Deck archetypes are very well known, especially in this in standard, you know, extended, which is now modern, uh, you know, legacy and and and. And, and all, so they all have like very established archetypes of decks. And I think we're starting yeah. to see the more archetypal play of Age of Sigmar than like, than like army play, if that makes sense. So like, yeah. like shooting are as an archetype and what type of shooting is it or high armor as an archetype and what type of high armor is it? You know, I think we're starting to see more of an archetypal scheme come down and yeah. because most of the field in Age of Sigmar is the jungle the vast majority of armies you play in age of sigmar uh you're playing against the jank you're playing against these these people's pet lists you're playing against these non-hypertuned things but we're beginning to see a fleshed out meta because the game has gotten very wide the natural yeah. state of things becomes this sort of rock paper scissors almost magic the gathering like meta but what happens when you're hypertuned like you are in like magic the gathering is jank beats your ass because you don't have answers to it. Yeah, it's the jungle, yeah. <laughs> like, like you'll lose in the jungle. And that and like Age of Sigmar is just like oftentimes always the jungle, and that's kind of like part of the beauty of it. 
Uh, that's I, why, yeah, it's it, that's why I appreciate Age of Sigmar because you people buy these models and they can't. You 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 put so much time in assembling, painting, buying the models. They're not cheap, and you're stuck with that army. So you may not think something's good. Like I was talking about Jesse, he bought freaking two thousand points of Corsairs before Cities came out. And then cities change, and he's stuck with that army now, right? But it's super funny. It's hilarious. And then, um, like, so he's stuck with that army. In Magic, you could trade your way or buy out that system. Like, I ran, I topped eight, I beat freaking um, so many top decks with this, and I went to a local um, um, like card a kingdom. No, it wasn't card kingdom. It was a Star City Gaming Channel Fireball yeah. oh, tournament. Okay. And I brought a quarter calling with both Atarkas. In my deck, and um, Silamagar, with no mana to cast him, I had to court a calling him in my deck. Like, it was the jankiest thing, and I fucking got third place with that deck. Well, and that guy, it was like 90-something people tournament, and I had Silamagar main deck with blue mana, and uh, blue and black mana, and I was running a teamer, a teamer deck with court of calling. And I was like, I gotta land it, and then I, I would land double or Tarka sometimes and swing him for like 32 damage. But, like, unstoppable. It was, like, jank is what made magic fun, but it's slowly... It's going away. Net decking and net decking and net decking after a while. The decks were too tuned to... They're really hyper-tuned. They're really hyper-tuned. Really really hyper and standard <laughs> is such a small card pool that it's going to do that naturally. Like, you can't... People find the best thing. And this is true of Age of Sigmar. People find the best thing pretty quickly because, I mean, they're going to listen to me talk to Haywo one day on a show or they're going to go watch, you know, just play and they're just going to go listen to like just playing or, or, or any of these podcasts who are really like competitive minded, you're going to find the best thing, right? Like yeah. you, you know, you know that, that iron drakes are like one of the best things in city of the Sigmar because everyone talks about it. And so like, yeah. if you're chasing the best thing, you can overlook just how robust our game still is because like again, I said in standard, standard pulls out, pulls out cards constantly. It's always rotating. Age of Sigmar, most mm -hmm. of the stuff that's in Age of Sigmar is still there. So something that was is actually great tech against the new best thing is just waiting to be put into a list. And, yeah, and, no. And and I and the biggest the biggest problem in in Age of Sigmar is the time component. It, it like magic if you if you think like age of sigmar is expensive like seriously try to keep up with a standard rotation for a year was, like, dude i traded my standard decks for like six thousand points of freaking models yeah yeah like or or buy a buy a place at a duel sometime in legacy and tell me that age of sigmar is expensive it's it's not monetarily expensive it is time you can get army for 600 bucks nowadays for 2k come on yeah yeah i mean that's still a lot of money don't get me wrong. That's, that's a lot of money, and a lot of our demographic are like are people with families, you know, and like and obligations. It's not twenty something year olds without families just grinding the scene with for tournaments that pay you money. Like it's, your return it's, on time and like money. Uh, Standard had a really fast rotation and it sped up, so it came less enjoyable with the money you put in. These models, I we seriously have models from when I was freaking. 14, 15, 16, still at our houses. Yeah. Like, that's, like, it's, like, it's not that bad. Right. Like, 600 bucks for an army, what I'm going to have forever, and even if they, um, rotate and they don't come as good, I started playing orcs when they were horrendous. They were so bad, I couldn't even, like, 
I couldn't, it, it was unplayable. It was so bad. And then all of a sudden, like, they got this update and life's really good, you know? Like, right. I don't lose right. as much all of a sudden. Right. But you get, like, this joy and excitement out of, like, when you, like, take back on a certain type of unit or you have a favorite unit and, like, it might get good one day, but you can win games with bad units well, still. The, the thing is is, is, is Magic the Gathering is a much more linear game. The win condition in Magic the Gathering is always deck them or always deal 20 damage, right? Like, it's it's a very linear game in, in, in there. The, the reason that Age of Sigmar is much more robust, you can win games with bad units, or you can win games against better armies than yours, is because, one, the gap between the best thing really isn't that often real, such an insurmountable thing. You know, the difference between, like, hammerers and great sorters ends up being pretty pretty minuscule when you factor in dice and table play yeah so so the the there are uh, the the thing the thing is is like the that age of sigmar has this these sort of shifting win conditions in terms of objectives battle plans and dice being random to do every all of our interactions plus we're literally interacting in three dimensions you know we're, we have movement shenanigans. We're moving around a table. We're declaring charges and failing charges. We're shooting. Combat's going back and forth all the time. There's a lot more... This is what you were talking about earlier, is like there's a lot more depth to the game once you start really falling down... You call it the rabbit hole. It, there's a lot more depth to this game, and that allows to, to keep people kind of always always in it, despite a lack of obvious parity for, for, for on a model-to-model basis. Brian Kennedy, thank you so much for that sub there, buddy. That's one of my boys. <laughs> yeah, Brian. He's the Bone Daddy player who whooped me with my gluttons. Oh, Bone Daddy's best daddies. Yeah, he's part of the high school group. Game <laughs> and swing. I've got my uh, I've got my murder ponies right here, right next oh, to me. I, I got I some. Of, I got um, the <laughs> bone side for him. Good, good, good man. But, no, I hate it. I hate it so much. There's ways. If you can't re-roll charges and like all that, we, I'm going to find a way. We, you we, wait till my two bar crushers are around. We we can't re-roll charges though. OCR Bone Reapers. We don't get to use any of the generic command yeah, abilities. That, I we, didn't. I didn't know that, and I just like let him. <laughs> he, he, him and his guard. I was like, seriously. I did like 30, 20 something wounds, and he's like, "Hey, two die." I was like. I'm going to fucking flip this table right now. Get well, out of here. See, the answer is stone horse, bruh. <laughs> you got to get you some stone horse in that. Dude, I got, oh, wait, hold on. Right here. <laughs> so, I, I'm still building them, but I got these bad boys. Oh, wait. Beautiful. Yeah, Frostlord. I see they've got the spears, so those are frost lords on stone horns. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, beautiful. so um, I was really bored at work with my buddy there. And I was watching Doom and Darkness play with his last list. Doom's got some great battles. I just like sat there and I looked at the list and I just ordered Doom and Darkness's list with the Frost Savers, but I'm using Noblars and practicing my conversions with Noblars. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to make little scenes on each Frost Saber base of Noblars doing stupid shit. (laughs) And I'm going to remake the R2D's 2 scene where they're like, uh, the, like the Ewoks frying um, C3PO, or not C3PO, R2 and Luke and stuff yeah. on bases. And I'm just going to learn how to like 
convert with that, but I made that list, and then I have a 2,000 points of Gladdens. It's called, like, the Iron Legion. It's three um, uh, three Iron Blasters, a bunch of Lead Belchers, a Tyrant, and whatever else, Gladdens. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so I just, like, I was bored at work on night shift, and we, me and my buddy were talking army lists. And we just end up ordering armies. <laughs> so when I came home, I'm like, it's, it's going to be my birthday. I'm going to order this army. Yeah, no, I love it. No, I see, I, I think mod tribes are one of those armies that lied to people early with their performance. They Because, you know, people were just kind of running what they had. But now yeah. that the book's been out a while, you start adding some of that, like, good tech to the list. And suddenly you're seeing you're seeing mod tribes, like, actually bringing down 55% win rates. And, like, they they're start creeping up there. And they find themselves rather favorably matched in the meta with their movement shenanigans and yeah no that it's same with the orcs with their move i like movement shenanigans i guess that's my my theme of my armies i like yeah well speed kills uh, but, man it wins games yeah and like it's um with the orcs i'm going to build a gorgrunter double mob crusher list here <laughs> but like my my heart was ard boys when i got into it i bought a lot of ard boys well do i have but news for you <laughs> with no rand and like they were so much worse well do i have but, like they were the black orcs. I was like, I love that. It's the old fantasy. Yeah. Well, they're they're actually like kind of the way right now, especially in Big Wall. Like they get they get that extra punch they need when they're in Big Wall. They're they're pretty yeah. good, and they're just really efficient points to points to wounds. They're a really strong unit in the game. They they yeah. give Mortec a run for their money uh, with the right yeah. synergy built. So and a war chanter. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah, war chanters make the army go round. Yeah. Yeah. So so. I mean, you're, 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 we were kind of uh, spiraling around this thing here. So, so in, you, you've, you've done the competitive, obviously you've done the competitive fighting. You've got the titles to show for it. You got that championship belt sitting right there. Um, you're, 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 you're starting to get into the competitive age of Sigmar. I've got a couple. Yeah. I'll pull up the, uh, the table of, uh, where is it? The slab of, what did you call it? The trophy slab? Yeah, the trophy slab. <laughs> I, I count no less than uh, I count no less than five championship belts here in a, in a plethora yeah. of medals. No, I um, I I have. Then my brother has a couple, but I gifted one to a sponsor, one to my gym. This one I won when my grandpa passed away, so it's not, I'm going to that's get the a, one. That's the, get a with a rest in peace there. And then um, yeah, the rest like. The, that's the thing like i always want my belts and trophies and stuff because they mean so much to me but at the same time you gotta let go of stuff you love sometimes like my belt giving it to the gym and my sponsor hurt me inside to do but if i if it wasn't for those two people i couldn't have done it so it's their belt too and because i couldn't train as hard as i did unless um their casing services sponsored me so much i went full-time for almost a full year yeah and i went on a fucking rip i was destroying people and um i couldn't do it without him so he has a belt in his office mm-hmm. and then um the other ones in my gym with my coach gary vig because without him i well like i was already successful but when he came he like really taught me embrace myself and be me because when i fought People would always, I, I was dumb and did a lot of dumb stuff that could cost me fights mm-hmm. and do sacrificial things. And he told me embrace that. Mm. This is like, this is yeah. the, at the onset of the show, you talked about waving at 
waving at the guy when he's about to snap your freaking Achilles or whatever. Yeah, and, it's just, and, and and that's and that was sort of that that embracing yourself in the match. That, that yeah, bringing just, your personality in. I, yeah, the more, just fun. The more we talk about MMA and Age of Sigmar, the more synergy or the more I see. Because for me, Age of Sigmar is the game where you put yourself on the table more than mm-hmm. anything else. Like I've pimped the hell out of my decks in Magic: The Gathering, but that's not me on the table. There's quirks with my, you know, what I choose to put foil on and what what cards I get in foreign languages and so on and so forth. But like my Mortec Guard. Uh, you know, the joke, uh, like when I, when I got them, I'm like, I'm coming, trying to come up with color schemes. And one of the first things Christian Ware said to me, he's a local hero, honestly, he goes, don't paint them purple. And so I'm like, okay, color schemes that aren't purple, color schemes that aren't purple. And I'm just like trying not to paint the purple. And then like fucking painting a purple. <laughs> like, yeah. so like Every time I like, I put these down, I like remember Christian Ware telling me not to paint them purple. And then me going, they're, they're fucking purple. <laughs> like, yeah, it's all about... My vampire account army was purple in high school, and my ravens are purple. So, yeah, you know. yeah, purple is best color. Purple's best color. Like uh, you want here fighting for me. <laughs> yeah, we're doing uh, me and my uh, girlfriend. There are doing a beastman purple army. So right on. See, I, I love beastman. Jack lost that bet to me. We like, I bet my ravens would beat his seahawks, That's and right. um, he would have to pick a model, right? That's so. Right. I picked a Beastman Shaman, and he picked a Elf Prince, and the loser had to paint the other person's model in the other person or that team's color. Just, just to so re- have- just to reset this quick. Um, yeah. So, so Jack from Rerolling Ones had the audacity to think his stupid seagulls that his his seagulls. I bet this thing would beat a real freaking Raven, Odin's pet. Get out of here. <laughs> he had the audacity to insist that some 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 water birds could beat ravens. Yeah, and, uh... <laughs> he lost the bet, so he painted me up a nice beastman shaman in yeah. the raven scholar scheme. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful. Well, my buddy's in the chat there. Jesse's a Seahawk fan, and he sucks. See, uh, so I'm, then, a, I'm my a... friend Brian's an Eagles fan, and that that team sucks too. So, so I'm a Packers fan. If you if you haven't noticed yeah. the cheese head sitting up above got... my my head over yeah. here, um, the the my Packers thing, and I constantly wear Packers apparel. Um, like Aaron Jones he, is in my death, or dynasty team, so I won't good, talk shit. Right good now. dude, good dude. But uh, but I am obligated to hate the Seahawks. So for me, <laughs> a win against the Seahawks is a win for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's. I don't know. I like. I don't mind the Seahawks. Actually, they're fun to watch. I hate Pete Carroll. I think that guy's a piece of crap. He looks really good for his age, though. So yeah, because he's thing. sacrificing children to fucking Satan. Like the guy's a monster. Yeah, no one wants. It. Yeah, probably, maybe I don't know. <laughs> like that guy. Just... Offensive lines getting sacrificed, maybe if anything, because <laughs> they don't have one. But no, uh, the the main thing is I don't like Russell Wilson, and so being yeah. a Wisconsin homer, I know that Russell Wilson played for my team as a mercenary, and I still. <laughs> don't like him because the stupid sports bubbles thing like he thinks like the, the i like i kiss i just can't forgive him like and when he said that that he was that that god was a was a seahawks fan and that's why they <laughs> they were allowed to win over the packers with the yeah. horrible referees i'm just like i like i could never respect i could never respect him like when he's like oh yeah god made the refs make the wrong call i'm just like you're 
screw you, dude. <laughs> like, I, think, I think Coach has you right on that comment, actually. So I, don't know. I thought the cheese hat was because he played Petrifex Elite. I mean, it, it it's like, you know, like many things in my life, they're all connected, dude. The cheese, the Petrifex, like, you got to walk the walk and talk the talk, and I always do. Got cheese in your blood. That's right. It just, the yep. cheese is in my veins. Yeah, that's how it goes sometimes. But it's so crazy, like, um, like when we're talking about, like, MMA and, like, Magic and AOS, like, AOS has, like, such a friendly community compared to stuff like Magic. You don't see content creators in Magic sharing the love like the content creators in AOS because everyone's trying to build this community mm-hmm. where in Magic, it's, like, a lot of competition between each other. And then, like, you don't see content creators being so open with their fans. Like, I was just in uh, 2 Plus Tufts chat with um, Three Rolling Ones. Uh, Jack was there. And then we started talking about MMA during the fight. And then it, like, kept going and going. And we started talking on Instagram. And then last night we played fucking four or five hours of Total War while we were painting, Mm -hmm. talking about just this and MMA and AOS. And it's like crazy how the community is more welcoming than most right well i i as a as a content creator i view content creation as a collaboration so like dog and and aos coach here in chat re-rolling ones when when any of us are making content we're adding to this thing that we love so much and because like i say something right on on twitter or wherever and then another content creator or, 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 or someone who's in the community or a community member reads the thing and they interact with it. We have made something more. And I, I just, for me, that's why like, even, even like content creators whose opinions I like disagree with on certain things, it's like, we get to have a discussion and that becomes content, you know, like, yeah. it's, like, it, it, like there's no, like the competition part of, 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 of content creating for me is with myself to always make sure my next episode is better than the last one that I learned the lesson from something that I made a mistake on that I said like too many times. And I cut that out my vocabulary that I, uh, that I direct the guest through a good conversation better than I did before that we don't meander too much or we linger on chat too long. So we have dead air, things like that, that I'm always having to fight myself on. See, that's why MMA, like just what you're saying, when you fight, when you go back to the gym, you make a bunch of mistakes. You try better yourself. You pumped that jab too much. You fainted too much. You didn't throw enough. You didn't land that takedown. You sat in guard too long. And you try to fix that before your next fight. Yeah. I mean, it's more severe, but it's the same thing is with a game like AOS and like a fighting, you're always trying to improve yourself by like just small, small milligrams of improvement every week. You yeah. type of thing. You want to get better at talking you want to get better at fighting you want to get better at painting you want to get better at jiu-jitsu it all like it's the same mindset that as long as you're open to improving and not closed off and don't want to um limit yourself you could reach way further and the same with like content creating there's a lot there you make rule mistakes people flame you for it you freaking go get knocked out you get flamed for that shit too online it was a poisonous community in mma when you would fight and people would see your name and like next thing the comment section on top MMA news is people flaming you you're not doing this you're not doing this or whatever you talk too much shit and it could be the same thing in the youtube or youtube comment section people are going it's fearless behind the keyboard when you make comments and stuff like everyone's humans 
and you're going to make mistakes. Yeah. And obviously, then the next time you're out, you try to improve those mistakes, that you're going to have more fun with it. But if you're closed off, then you won't make those things. Yeah. If you get too proud to admit you made a mistake, you can't fix that mistake. Right. Right. And like people make mistakes a lot. Like he asked me on a Saturday morning after I went drinking, you make a lot of mistakes. So yeah, I don't know. <laughs> like, no, man, my hangovers are a lot worse in my thirties now before, you know? Yeah, no, so it's no. the same after a weekend. Like I'm assuming like after a weekend of Warhammer, you like go sit down and like, you might just flip through your rule book or you might flip through your army book or your rule, sc- or rule cards and you're like, Oh man, what the hell did I miss? And then you figure out what you missed. So I made a notebook and started writing down what I missed when I play games. This and I did that with MMA. I have a notebook right here. Uh-huh. This is a uh, here. Wait, hold on. I'll grab this. This notebook is full of notes after fights. That's like, cool. That's cool, yeah. though, actually. After fights. Like, I would make notes and notes. I made, like, little words. Here's my old PFC thing for fighting. <laughs> uh-huh. And I, um... I would write down every little thing. Like, I got my Joe Rogan tickets there, but I would write down every little thing. I'm like, I made this mistake doing this triangle. I'm going to improve that. And I would go try to improve it. And then I find I'm trying to do the same thing with AOS. I look, I did something wrong in a game. I'll write it down, and I'm going to improve that by t- next time I play. Right. Right. And and you, so so real quick, you actually when you were an MMA fighter, you were competing for a prize pool. To, to, yeah, to, I was to, a complete pro fighter. So you would show up for money. So you and your opponent would show up with um uh it's just a fight purse. So I'd show up at fifteen hundred dollars. I get fifteen hundred dollars win or lose, but if I win, I get double my show up fee. Okay. Okay, so you're so you're competing for three. Thousand. You're you're competing for three grand there. Yeah, Matt, then Matt, tickets and sponsors, right? So like, sometimes it got up there, but people didn't realize how much you gave up for that too. Well, I didn't work for three months at a time sometimes, and I would come out there with eight grand. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's. I mean, you're you're usually you're not taking a fight. You know, you're not taking a fight a week. You're taking a fight on an extended period of time. Every three, four, or five months. Sometimes two a year. Sometimes one a year, depending on how your body is. Yeah, and you got to, you got, and you're training that whole time. And training is essentially breaking the body and building it back up. So it's mm-hmm. you, the whole time you are working toward that, the payoff. It's yeah, um, no. Every every time you fought, you want to show up being like, oh, they think I have this weakness. I worked this out. Get out of here. You know. I, I like the real quick chat gang here. Soren says he has a notebook for all the time he's killed a party, which is of course a TPK he's talking about in tabletop RPGs. And oh. oh, that's brutal, man! But I love it. That's evil. Like you are the evil GM stereotype. I love it so much. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So you're competing for a prize pool. Uh, Magic the Gathering actually. So there's there's some discussion now with the sort of like rise of of, of T sports, quote unquote, table sports, right, instead of esports for Age of Sigmar. T-Sports eventually, an inevitability of that is is sponsorships and per, perhaps prize pools uh, that involve money. Do you think that 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 like with your perspective on MMA and MTG, do you think that that is what ruins the fan base, or is it something, or the fan base, or the the sport, or something I else? Think, because go on. Uh, no, no, I think with the fan base in um, Magic is. 
like it comes for the player base. We'll say in Magic, not the yeah, the player base. Um, there is prizes, but a lot of people are trying to build up these points and do everything so they could go to GPS or do this or make the pro tour and all this. And then they add in a little thing like, hey, you win, you get thirty-two packs of Magic cards. You lose, you get one. So people stopped being loose and experimenting in my area, and I found in general in everything with MTG when I went to bigger tournaments, they stopped experimenting because they want those things because they they go get their buy-in. They want something back. Yeah. You want something back from something, you have expectations, and expectations lead to bad feelings. Yeah. Like, you go on a date, you expect something, it goes south. Oh, you have bad feelings, right? You go home and cry yourself in the sleep in the washroom. So you don't want that feeling. Because expectations lead to disappointment. So MTG, I think, created that where there's prizes. They oh, created the burden of card. They created the burden of expectation, is what they did. Yeah. yeah. So like top eight gets the spoiled card. Top eight gets packs. You go to a um, pre-release. You could win a bunch of packs if you do top four. So people would go research power games, stay up all night, get exhausted looking at different time zones, pre-release pack openings and what's strongest, what's winning. And they'd go next morning off of three hours of sleep and try to get the pack. So when you beat someone, you could see how disappointed they you're, are. You're, and taking, talk. you're taking the pack from them. They won't even shake yeah. their hand. One of the things you said sort of off chat was this, this notion of walking up. We talked about headphone guy a little bit earlier on. Like yeah. actually like, like walking up to headphone guy, he doesn't even really like talk to you and there's like there's no handshake and now i don't want to again we we i did an episode just recently on on like sort of spectrum disorders and invisible disorders you don't know what war is going on in somebody's head um you know so, so you know they could they could have like some social anxiety and stuff like social that anxiety. yeah it's fine fine right but there's still that that overriding vibe that of that like whole like i have ruined someone's weekend if i yeah it's bad feels like I would sit there and play this guy named Craig, and he took it so serious, and he'd lose to a jank deck, and I remember Jesse beating him with his minotaurs. No social anxiety, but there's so many people in MTG like this. When they realize things are going south, not only do they try to delay the game, they try to think their way out of it, they will sit down and stare at their cards, not talk to you, and take five minutes while you're sitting there, arms crossed, just waiting, and you're like... Like, what's going on? Do you want to talk? No? Okay, cool. And you try to make small talk, and it's not happening, right? And then, yeah, it just made bad... Like, I was across the table, fucking... I felt the salt. And, like, you can't enjoy a game when there's so much salt on your side of the table, you know? And the same with AOS. When things are going bad, and you get negative, and everyone does this, if you start getting salty, it takes away from your friend's fun and then it takes away from the experience and then slowly you'll burn out of it well i do think that that it's important to like to to say it it's okay to have like negative like to have you know negative emotions to feel bad going if, to. if, if a dice roll doesn't go your way like that is fine everybody and i you know i i gotta be cognizant because i have some re- i have like a resting bitch face i have this just like wicked brow line so it always <laughs> looks like i'm frowning when i leave my face in like neutral uh, like, so it's something that I've just kind of become aware of, but like, not everyone's going to like be that aware. Right. It, it's, it, yeah. but, but like, but there's, there's that sort of next step where you make it prominent in the ta- on the table where 
and I think that's the stuff that we can avoid and make this stuff better. But I want if, you to go, if, um, go ahead. Oh, if we're with our friends and everything, I think it's really good to um, tone yourself down, make mistakes on purpose if you're trying really? to like, get people in the game. So if someone's not having a fun time, fuck it, make those mistakes, get them back in the game. Hmm. And like when I'm playing with my girlfriend, like I'm not going to go power game. We're going to go tic-tac-toe type of thing. And the same when I'm sparring a new person or coaching a new person, I'm not going to go freaking use my skill on them. I'm going to let them beat me up a little so they enjoy the time too. You're not just going to like put them in that... In that patented choke out the like first box. Yeah, I'm not going to shoot a blast double leg, take them down, grab and pound them, choke them out. You know, I'm going <laughs> wrestle, I'm going let them shoot, I'm going to, oh, oh, I missed something. But you don't make it blatantly obvious or you just don't make it so it's so obvious, right? You don't tell them how good you are. You just, you go and you go have fun. You tone it down to their skill level when you're trying to get people into MMA. And I think that's vital with AOS. Like, I'm trying to teach my girlfriend's little brother AOS. I'm not going to go, oh, freaking my gold grunters are going to charge. I'm going to war chanter them. I'm going to forget that war chanter buff, and I'm going to charge into his guys. Mm-hmm. You know, just little things. Or I might make a bad position, so he has fun, too. If I could... To, get, to have fun getting punched in the face, you have to punch people in the face. If if I could if I could um sort of caveat this or, or counterpoint slightly, I... I um. What I try to do is I will take the riskier plays as opposed to, like, the blatant, obvious, bad plays. Like, if I have, like, if I roll a 12-inch charge and I'm not supposed... Like, the the good thing is to charge the thing on the objective, but I rolled that 12-inch charge and I can charge their, like, thing that they like over here. I'm going to charge the thing that they like over here and have fun. Like, I don't... I don't think you teach someone the lesson by, like, going soft all the time. No. But, but like, you can... You can... You can switch the narrative of the game when you're in the game uh as far as like forgetting buffs and stuff like that what i do is i let them have all their buffs i remind them of them i i, yeah. I switch into a, a teaching mode where like oh did you want to get that buff off then like I, I i go into that that coaching mode it's something i need to actually be cognizant of is coaching people to beat me at a table i'm like this is the better play <laughs> like, you know like i need yeah. to be careful of that and let them make their own mistakes or they're not going to learn either so, so there's there's sort of like two sides of this coin here. Uh, AOS coach, question: How does the decision making process with your your opponent in MMA cage, assessing them, exploiting a weakness, losing without salt? Well, with well, you're going to lose without you're it's salt in MMA no matter what. You got beat up, and your friends watch you get beat up, and your girlfriend watch you get beat up, and you got beat up. It's all salt. Um, <laughs> There's no which way around that. When you win, you're high. When you lose, you're going to go eat freaking a bunch of hot wings and drink yourself to sleep, and you're going to hate your life. Oh, I love hot wings With the assessing thing, you could do a lot of research in MMA. You learn what gym they're from, who's from their gym, what type of style they are, and then you might try to watch their fights. But when I get in the cage with someone, body language is a big thing. You got to read body language. You got to look where their eyes are looking. If they're looking down, if they're looking at something, a lot of people have this natural habit of looking what they want to hit instead of looking straight at the shoulders. So you could watch them. You look like I look at their shoulders, but you could still see their eyes move. And then you do feints and checks. So you act like you're going to go do a strike, but not commit to it. Just see how they react. And then you learn their body languages. And then you counter what they... you. So you throw a move... 
like I might throw a jab and you know they might step out to the left a bit, right? So then you can know you could sidestep right hand. But it's you read body language really big. It's um it's it's a really more aggressive, but like it's slight little things in MMA. Like someone might go wild and like try to beat you up, but you gotta realize they can't keep that up and they're compensating for something. They might have had a bad camp and they don't have cardio, so they're going out to knock your head off. Stay safe, tie them up, like work them down, slow them down, bog them down. It's kind of like setting up screens in AOS. Just let them smash into things, they get tired, and then you take over. Um, so you got to counter protect that, but it's when you get in the cage, like body language, it's kind of hard to teach that, but you got to really read body language. You know when people get tired, you know when people start fading, you know when people are frustrated. The same with playing AOS. You look across the table. If you're playing, like this is why I was saying, you don't go easy on the people you're teaching. But if you could visibly see them and their body language says not having fun, go out of your way, make it fun for them. I like that. I like that point. I think more than more than anything is that if you see they're not having fun, you can read body language in Age in Age of Sigmar too. Like yep. it's you know you can tell when someone's not engaged in the game. Like the obvious thing is looking at their phone too much or. Uh, obvious body language would be turned away from the table. You know, like, they're not engaged in that moment. If they're leaning over the table, they're engaged in it. Their palms are on the table, stuff like that. There's body language to read. Um, <laughs> but, like, I, I don't I don't like to do, to teach people, like, to be bad at rule, rules or things like that. But, like, taking a softer list is a good way to, like, sort of self, self-comp when you're teaching someone new. <laughs> someone new. This like, is the thing, like, it's more, like, this is in theory, too, because our group's very competitive, but we're, I'm noticing a more relaxed state with our group. Yeah. We were, we just went through a couple-month phase of, well, it started with, I played really bad Orcs, and my friend Nick played really bad Sylvaneth, and he probably went 0-18 his first couple games. And you know what happens when you lose that much? You get sick of losing. And it was me, like, with MMA, I was 0-2, I got sick of losing. When I first started, you get good. Well, and then all of a sudden, you're power gaming, you're doing everything, you're list building better, Nick's studying, and then he's beating, like, he's doing really good. But then everyone's power gaming, then you power game back, and then you, you're going to hit a wall, right? Yeah, right. Then you got to remember to relax and have fun. Right. So, right. This, right. so like, I the worst experience I had was teaching my girlfriend against Jesse, who's in the chat there. <laughs> he had, like, 200 or 100 monks versus a demonette horde <laughs> and it was like plague monks before the nerf and there's just so much moving so much rules so much different dice and she was yeah. like what the fuck are we well, doing here like gotta, what is this game well you gotta and i think if you're if you're teaching someone 100 brand new you're you gotta you gotta soften the list i i really do think it, you can't bring like they won't learn the lesson if you just table them turn two there's no lesson <laughs> to learn you know there's no, there's no lesson saying. Like they're bringing the models, the the average person paints the models they love. They they look at oh that looks cool. I'm gonna play that, and they they don't even quite have a concept yet of of how quality the model is. They don't no. know to look at the war scrolls. To they look at the models and they start playing the models I, they like or the models they like the story of. Like they love the they love the backstory of the model. And like you can have people end up on unintentional filth, but like it, they can still not learn the lesson if you also oh they're on their filth list then i'm gonna bring my filth list and crush them turn two like my first thousand fifteen hundred points of orcs i bought off of like old memories and brutes looking cool 
But do you mind just holding on? I'm going to grab a drink really quick. Yeah, go ahead, man. So I can I can address chat here real quick while he's grabbing a drink. Usually I'm the one who who walks away from the camera. So this is uh this is it's taken us 38 episodes, everyone. We made it there. <laughs> um, well, when we get a new person playing with us, we bring kind of terrible lists or help them beat us. Uh, when I play Mike or Brian or Nick, it's kill or be killed. And that's and that's fair. And this this goes to the social aspect of the game. Just talk to the person. It, in, in an LGS or, or in your basement or whatever, just say, hey, what kind of game do you want to play? Do you want me to bring my hard-nosed list? You know, there are people out there who are like, oh, no, I'm bringing my fluffy list. And they show up with like a, like a tournament top-tier competitive list. And you're just like, yeah, that's your fluffy list. And you're like, oh, no, I put a fungoid cave shaman in it. So it's fluffy instead. Like, come on. Like, be honest. You know, don't be a dick. Like, you, you, like, I don't know what you have to prove winning a game with models against a new player. Um, so, <laughs> how dare you? My Petrifex list is narrative-based. Mine is, too. They're made out of Shadow Beasts and shit. But, like, I don't know. If I'm trying to teach Colin the game, I'm probably not running my full ideal Petrifex elite list against his eight Stegosaurs. Or what? Or Stegodons? Sorry, probably not doing that. I'm gonna bring, you know, extra endless spells. I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna change up my list to, to help him learn the game because, uh, you you learn from defeat, but only if there's a lesson to learn. And if the lesson is like you suck and there's nothing you could do about this, then, you know, your lesson is you're inexperienced. Like you gotta make it, you gotta allow for specific opportunities to learn from. How is he supposed to be the new Wonder Boy? I mean, it's it's the difference between throwing a kid in the deep end of the pool or getting in the pool with them. Like, yeah, no. yeah some kids learn by just throwing them in the deep end. But, like, you'll find they enjoy swimming a lot more and learn, too, if you get in the pool with them. And I think you that's... You want to know the... a funny story there? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. Like next, um, I grew up on Vancouver Island, and it's surrounded by rivers. And lakes, and we went on a dock, and my brother didn't know how to swim yet, so I kicked him off the dock so he could learn how to swim. <laughs> so, I don't yeah. know, it's both. <laughs> it's a little both. Well, and, and that's, a, again, that, that is the advantage of a social game. You can also say, hey, you're new to the game. Do you want me to put it in the sixth gear and just, and just kick your shit in? If they're, like, a competitive-minded person, they might go for that. Yeah. You know? like, But if you're trying that's to get people to love... Yeah. But, if it, but like, again, it, it really just... You know, I, it really comes into that, that social side of this game. But now that I got you back, now that you got a fresh drink, I, I'm going to have you go on record and, dis, and, and, and and put this down. Okay? Like, so, MMA, you, you've, you've gotten paid money to punch people in the mouth and choke yep. them unconscious. Yes. Okay. A you, lot, yeah, over you, time. You're, you're getting into the Age of Sigmar. You're getting into the Age of Sigmar competitive scene here. And you yeah. you would spent six years as a grinder in, in in standard for Magic the Gathering. Which scene is the worst? Or okay, so this is a funny thing. AOS is with my friends. I haven't had tournament experience, but we're getting into that, and we do get salty. MMA. I have some of my best, like some friends I've had for years. I beat the shit out of in a in a cage fight. And the worst experience I've ever had, like, I loved MTG, and I love it, but the environment is pure poison, 
And that's why AOS is more of an uplifting thing. You go on any of the forums, people are trying to help each other. Yeah. If you go ask a question like that to a Magic player, how stack works or how this works or this, hey, look at my deck list, people are going shit on you if you bring a weird deck. And they're going to make fun of you, run you off because they're net decking. Everyone's net decking. In what? AOS, net decking, it is there. Well, you, you mentioned just doing do, taking Doom's list yourself, right? Yeah, that's net decking, but his list, I wouldn't say be a top-tier competitive list. You know, it's Frost Sabers and two Frost Horns. Like, you know, like he said, he only went three and three or whatever. But it looked like such a fun list to play. I was like, yeah. I'm buying this. Yeah. I'm just buying this. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I get what you're saying. So, so, so on record, as someone who has been paid cash money to choke people out, Magic is the worst scene? Yeah, I'd rather... <laughs> Honestly, I'd rather sit, I'd rather fight five rounds, three rounds. I'd rather get TKO'd or TKO someone and sit in a room alone with them than sit in a room with eight Magic players and it would be awkward and there's no conversations. And honestly, like, I loved MTG so much, but, like, there are some amazing people they in really MTG. They really are. But truly are. when you get into that competitive side, you're going to hit a wall of freaking awkwardness and um, just... People get so competitive, they can't interact with you and think. So you're sitting across the table. You probably know this on the FNM, and it's a big room. There's 40, 50 people in there. That means a bigger prize pool. Bring you might make 40, 50 bucks in store credit, maybe a hundred. I put a I put a down. No payment. one wants to talk. I put a down payment on the house with with Magic the Gathering. Okay, like to put it in perspective, my the the packs I flipped. The, the cards I, I I won and turned into cash got me a down payment on a house. I, I have since lost that house because uh, the, <laughs> the seller sold it out from under us because we were doing a fucking rent-to-own thing, which I would never do again. Um, and she's just like, oh, someone just paid me outright, so fuck you, buddy. Like, and they were a yeah. friend, so we had more of a handshake deal than a litigation deal, and you don't expect friends to backstab you. Point is... Uh, Magic has paid. I've I hit a point in Magic where I was good enough to to earn money, real money off of it, and I would never go back. <laughs> like I just, um, I'm, I'm out. I'm I, I play EDH still. I bring my EDH. Actually, by the way, fun fact: I bring my EDH decks. I have three of them to every single AOS tournament I ever go to. For that one person's like, oh, you've got your EDH decks, but I've got like, I've got like. You know, uh, medium spice, like caliente, and then like my fluffy one. So I bring like yeah. three decks, and and when I play you in EDH, I assess whether you a dick or not. And if you're a dick, then I pull out I pull out El Caliente, and I, I whoop yeah. your ass. But uh... <laughs> so like with the community thing with MTG and stuff, the LSVs, uh, like all these the big up people, the Gabby Sparks, um, Kibler. Uh, Kibler was my idol. Kibler, no, Kibler's the man. He, he's so he's, he's in he's in group. he's out of there now. Like he's he's I think he he does yeah. a lot more like Hearthstone and stuff now. No, that's all he does. But Kibler was my favorite was MTG the man. player. The man. He brought the jank to Pro Tours. He was Sir Jank. So his, his like, understanding guys, of the game was just a next level. Yeah. But you have these guys, like the LSVs and stuff, right? And they're content creators for MTG. Do you see them interacting like our guys, like our 2 plus? Like Doug is pretty much like our LSVs and like like our Gabby Sparks. Like our content creators go down. 
you don't see them interacting with their community unless it's on Twitch and they're making money. Yeah. Like, they answer questions when they get donations. They do all this. But you go to their streams, it's not like this. They don't go stream for free on YouTube. You know? Like, they're... It's in it for a different reason than AOS content creators are. Doug's not in it to get rich. Because you can't get rich off AOS. Like, you can on MTG. No, I, um... It's a different environment. I, uh, I mean, there's a couple AOS content creator creators out there who can do it full time, but that's because the community support is really high, not because the sponsorship and the branding and all that stuff. It's, yeah, it's a, it's, it's, it's different. a different, it's different. Exactly. Um, that's why, like, I do have a Patreon and this is a great convenient time to plug it because I'm terrible at that. I have a Patreon. There is no paywall to my content. It's got different tiers and it's, I literally, it's a joke. It's one big joke. It says... Uh, you get bragging rights for paying for the higher tier. Like, I, like I, that's what my Patreon says because I don't... Why I do this is I love Age of Sigmar so much that I want to talk about it all the time and it overflows into needing to say it all the time to people. And I live in the middle of nowhere, Wisconsin, and I'm like, I need to just yell into a microphone for two hours every night about how much I love Age of Sigmar, and then I make content. Because it's, it's yeah. the love of the game is spilling out of my body, and I have to make something with it. Yeah, that's a, what MTG, I was in it hardcore, like, up to, like, well after Arena's launch. And I was, like, so into it. But the community, you don't, it's not the same. I came in here, and I jumped on content creators, and it went down this rabbit hole, because other content creators recommend guys like you in chats and, um... Even little guys like you, Cinderfall Gaming, AOS Coach, and Honest Wargamer, and it went down from Doug and uh, like two um, re-rolling ones, and it went down this spiral. And you realize everyone has a different aspect that you want to follow, but they reach back out to their community, unlike others. You know, you can't sit. I couldn't sit and message LSV on Instagram and have him respond back to me like a dog and a jack you know yeah and me and jack now talk quite a bit and we're playing warhammer total war and having painting sessions together and then doug even like i could go message doug and be like you tell jack to finish my damn beastman model you lost a bet on <laughs> and ship it to me and doug will shout it out on stream yeah you know and you it's harder to do that in other communities aos is full of people like everyone in the chat and everyone in other chats and doug's chat are hardcore fans who want to build the game up. Mm-hmm. So the negativity is not really there. People get salty about certain armies and the nerfs and it, stuff. They pass. It passes, it passes yeah. I mean, and it's just a goddamn game. Let's because just... the, I have a take on that, and I think the main thing is because the community and the game is... It, the community is just bigger than the game. I mean, when you get, yeah. at the end of the day, it's the community is bigger than the game. The, the problem armies come and go there will always be a problem there like it, it's always going to come and go my petrifex elite in three months people will be going will they will the people who just really fundamentally hate the army will still hate it but it won't be the main topic of discussion in every you know twitter disc- feed uh, like that's that, an obr right now it's zeech is pretty zeech, bad right zeech now. and obr whatever like it'll you remember slanish like what, what yeah what, we're what, already not we're already not talking about slanesh and they were dominant exactly. for like seven months of they were the worst thing they'll sell their models then they'll move on and they'll nerf them so 
Uh, I need, so this is where I actually need you, chat gang, to, to, to run my show, because you are the show within the show. I need you to come up with some AMAs for, for uh, Mike here, because now I have to walk away from the camera, which is... <laughs> <laughs> which which used to be something that was like a trope on my show but i haven't had to do it in a while um so, no, yeah. so check in get some questions uh uh going here and then i'll have you answer some of those but uh like i just i i, I just think it's really cool man that you were basically like if you ever saw the old like x the first x-men movie where like wolverine is a cage fighter in Canada, oh God, yeah, <laughs> like that, that... My best fights went far off from that man. <laughs> but like that was kind of your that was kind of your your origin in fighting. Is you start you, the, this cage fighter? You you told me like how you your initial fights that they, they actually were like in like bars and stuff like that, and then eventually oh. you moved into like yeah. So my brother fought one fight. So we warmed up in a stripper's locker room, and they had like their writings on their little windows. There's still heels in the corner. And we warmed up, and then, so we taped up everyone, and we all went there, and we are wearing the bacon strip and bacon strip and bacon strip shirts. <laughs> and, like, uh, we walked out, he walked out to Saturday Night's All Right Fighting, but we're in a strip club, and we're warming outside while it was raining in Lloyd Minister, Saskatchewan, Alberta. And then we walked out, and the cage was plucked in the middle of a dance floor. And people could, like, touch me while I'm cornering my brother. And he fought... And we walked back because he was the main event. We walked back, undid the gloves, and the cage was almost done. And people were starting dancing on the goddamn floor. <laughs> like, that's how like, wild it was. And I was warming out outside of men's washroom in Edmonton. Like, like people were walking out pissing, and I'm about to fight. And I could see my opponent warming up across by the ladies' washroom. Like, across the rec arena. Like, it was as a, a small venue. Like, right. there was some ghetto-ass shit you could see, like people digging through piles of gloves trying to find ones what fit you but they're all sweaty and gross yeah oh and i saw a hobby bear their favorite fighter and least favorite active ufc fighters right now that that, um, my that favorite active fighter right now is mighty mouse um anderson silva is like my goat with fader a million ankle but my least favorite is probably um i hate chris weidman um, John Jones, I'm warming up to right now quite a bit actually, because now he's owning his shit and his cheating, and now he's stopped. And then I, I really love DC too; he's amazing. Nagash, the worst choice in AOS. Um, I I hate how Nagash is portrayed in like right now in um, lore, and I hate how they came out with this Everchosen. Like I like the Everchosen book, but Nagash is the worst. He's just a little um. He's like a little cucked boy, and he just whines about it after his wife's doing stuff. Um, I do not like that. The haircut's a couple of weeks old, actually. Um, but Nagash, it bugs me because I feel like they're trying to move the lore in a way I think they shouldn't have. Because, like, I've seen this on stream where they talk about how the realm should be fighting back, and Gorjak's running around with his ram, what could knock down anything. I think he. There should. Give some destruction love with the lore. There's no destruction love in the lore, and it bugs me a little bit. So I hope they address destruction coming to a thing, and like the realms fighting back and using orcs and ogres and destroying civili or civilization there. What corn hero guy could be one v one? I'd punch Scarbrand right out, right in the dick. That guy's a wuss. <laughs> I hate him so much. 
All right. So I are got... you ready to play against Bledsoe? Oh yeah, here's uh, Brian. He he just runs a bunch of he runs a nasty bloodthirster list, like four bloodthirsters, and against my orcs. So I got two maw crushers to run down his throat. All right. So and I Archeon, I... Archeon's the type of guy the referee would run in and save him, and then declare you the loser and say you're disqualified because he has fluff lore. Oh, like, he just... that is the spiciest of takes. I agree with Dude, you 100. No, he's a he's a freaking he's, he's a, a Mary Sue. He's someone. A he's like, and you like go down and like you get saved by the referee, and then all of a sudden you disqualified because you fucking punch RK on. That guy's a bitch. Grimco and Ironhide headbutted him to a different realm. <laughs> That's yeah, spicy. That fluff. Yeah, no, it's true. Oh, chaos, boom, blow up Grimgor. Get out of here. <laughs> if they make Archeon invincible again in the lore, they're just not learning. Well, they, they just did the uh, the Wrath of the Everchosen, and I I actually, as a death player, I kind of really enjoy where, where they went with the story, but I really need to see Archeon have some consequences. <laughs> For kind of failing, like he is doesn't. It, but like he never has consequences. So, question: If you were to face a great unclean one in a cage, how would you take it down? You don't. He's just a blob. He's Butterbean. He's a walking Butterbean. Dude, Butterbean's punches. Butterbean's punches are so sick. I I, but, feel, I I fall down. Oh, go on. I, I watched a guy, one of our local coaches, knock out Butterbean. <laughs> Well, he's old now. Kit. He's old now. Um, yeah, this was like eight years, nine years ago. But yeah, no, you don't. You don't take down a great unclean. One. I don't think that's possible. <laughs> you just, just like you gotta just. I don't know how you beat a great unclean one, honestly. Yeah, I don't think you do. He's the most. He's the best chaos uh, like chaos god there is. Everyone else is lame. Horn's like a like a bully, like a high school bully. And he's his dad's a cop, and he's a football player. And Planish is like a sexual deviant. And then freaking, I don't even who's the other one. Oh, Zeech is like just a nerd in the back playing MTG on his phone. So like, I don't know. The guy in clean one's a cool guy. He's a cool guy at the party who's just drunk sitting on the couch, and you're just like, I want to go talk to this guy. Yeah. Something's yeah. up. He's not talking to anyone. I wanted to go talk to him. Oh, come on, so, Buckets. Um, be nice, buddy. What's that? <laughs> I said Buckets being a dick. Yeah, <laughs> uh, so much. No, we don't roast my guests here, dude. You can roast me as much as you want. Um, <laughs> let's see. Um, so, I guess I the one last sort of question uh, on the on the notes I have here, besides... What bet do you have going with Jack, and how is he going to lose this time? Oh, so yeah, we I beat him on the Seahawks um Ravens bet. Mm -hmm. Oh, wait, did he say how many Jaeger bombs has this bro smash? I'm not drinking Jaeger, first of all. Um, are you? I, everyone's less attractive to Mark Wahlberg too, so it's not <laughs> really bombing. So let's get that straight. Um. Yeah, no, so Jack and I bet on the Ravens, and he fainted up that Beastman one in my Ravens colors. Yeah. And then he wants revenge, and me paint up a model, which is stupid, because he's a, like, Seattle fan. So, um, he's, um, what are their teams? Seattle Dragons versus the Houston Roughnecks are coming up. Yeah. And since I'm a Roughneck, like, that's my job. Right, I work yeah. on journey rigs. 
Um, I picked them, and then we're going to do teams on... I haven't picked a model yet, neither has he, so we're trying to figure out which um, models we're going to pick, but the loser paints up the other person's model. So we're just probably going to end up continuing this on for a while until he wins one. <laughs> I, I saw that Seattle, I was looking up this, like the stats of Seattle Dragons quarterback looks horrid. Horrible, man. Even though like mine is bad on the Houston Roughnecks, but he's the best XFL quarterback, probably. Yeah. So I'm going to win a model, but I don't know if I want to do it like something for my Beastman army or my KO army. Because, like, it wouldn't match my Beastman army, so hmm. try and figure that out. Well, I mean, I, it sounds like a good time to do it Do it for the KO. And especially the the octopus dude is really sweet. The uh, no. he, he, he looks like uh, he looks like freaking Doc Ock. That guy's pretty awesome. So Yeah, but I have, like, uh, 1,300 points of um, uh, KO. I just haven't really had the passion to paint them. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, and I am from Alberta. I'm up in Rocky Mountain House or near Red Deer. Right on. Yeah. Right on. The Texas of Canada. <laughs> the Texas of Canada. Oh, Drilling man. rigs, big trucks, and dickheads. <laughs> man. Man. Shots fired. Yeah, no, I got a bunch of um armies kind of in the back burner. I got my Savage Orcs and uh, Big Wah I'm working on. Big Wah's a really and strong I army. Have my, I have my Iron Jaws. Then my I have two different two thousand point ogre armies, and then fifteen hundred points of KO, and then my girlfriend has thirty five hundred points of slanish, and then we're starting a beastman army together. See, I, I love beast of chaos, and anybody who's followed me for any any degree of time, the thing is like beast of chaos is one of those armies they compete, they compete every game, but like you have to really think about about it and you're always thinking so there's like some mental fatigue involved as opposed to just like iron jaws where you're like i'm gonna alpha and go for the double like okay cool good strategy man beast of chaos you have to like engage every game which oh, means yeah. you're in every game that being said if it's your vacation home it's the army you can like play every now and then awesome you're gonna have the most fun ever if, if you're like it, you but you don't want to live in the vacation home and that's that's the problem I, I would have with Beast of Chaos. That being said, there has never been a meta better for them. Uh, no. Playing them before, you you had extra rend. You had extra rend. Rend you couldn't do anything with. Now yeah. you're like, dude, Nurgle, Slaves to Darkness builds, Ossiarch, Bone Reapers, KO actually are a high armor army. Like, they, they've never looked better. Plus, you can deploy half your shit off the table, which is just huge in a shooting meta. And, low-key, you have some of the best shooting in the game. Because Ongor Raiders are great. And you have scout moves off the Ongor Raiders, which actually kind of counters Zinch. Like, they're so good. They're so strong. They have Minotaurs, bro. Minotaurs. It's true. Minotaurs are pretty sweet. I'm sensing a theme. (laughs) I'm sensing a theme here. Minotaurs. So, uh... I like big monsters. And, uh, AOS Coach, I'm actually from Vancouver Island, and I'm going to, uh, Wet Coast uh, to meet up with Jax, if you're there. Yeah, so, so yeah, um, Jack, by the way, I'm actually going to have uh, two of the guys from Rerolling Ones on next week for Rantcast. It's going to be uh, Jack and Brett, so I'm going to, we're going to talk actually a, a lot about community again, and we're going to talk about like sort of battle reports, like kind of, I want to pick their brain about their show next week, and then uh, I think we're going to talk about Seraphon of all things. Normally yeah, I don't, normally Jack I, and I talked about it last night a bit. No, normally I don't hinge my episodes to, like, 
to uh, like specific releases because when you go back and listen to it in a year, it becomes it like it becomes irrelevant if all I talked about was the battle tome. But I really want yeah. to talk about some some hype with the Seraphon and stuff like that with with those guys. They fixed the lore. I'm happy. So whatever. Well, I mean, they gave them bones, so I'm happy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, it's, yeah, actually, um, to this uh, Buck Ninja, there's a bunch of events in Edmonton and Calgary coming up this year. Uh, there's an Alberta Age of Sigmar group you could join, good. and that lists all the tournaments. It's really friendly, so good, good. And and actually, that's a that's a really kind of a good sort of accidental point. Uh, you really, really early on in the show, we talked about how you just had you know six friends all playing again. The aspect yeah. of like building a community—you've essentially built a, your own little like micro community. Yeah. How did ganked, yeah. By, ganked by baby? Um, like, how did you? I mean, I guess you know, building that community. Yeah. <laughs> ganked by baby. This happens. Uh, this happens to me frequently. Hello, baby. Yeah. <laughs> <Say> hello. <laughs> hello. Yeah. Hi. Oh, no, um. Yeah, like our community, like it was a slow. We just all ended up here. I'm going. One second. Yep, yep, yep. So, duh, duh out of ten. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, um, my struggle. Uh, we'll get to it back in a moment. He's here. Um, yeah. So, so like actually like building a community in sort of like an area. Now you're gonna like have tournaments. You, you actually, you have aspirations for like doing some content yourself. Yeah, so with our group, we're all high school friends. We played our fantasy, right? And then we dispersed and got back together. But it's kind of funny because all of us walked by a games workshop and thought about it. And then our friend Jesse and um, Brian are in the chat there. They kind of like pushed us, like, to, like let's maybe try play this game, meet up and play. Mm-hmm. And then they started, started sharing Doug and re-rolling ones and like we went all in and my other friend, like my best friend from high school, one of them, Nick, like I haven't talked to him in like five, six years, just randomly messaged me and I was just getting into AOS with um, Brian and Jesse and he's like, hey man, have you like checked in on like um, Warhammer, it's different now? And then we all joined in, like I created a group chat, then our two other friends, Jesse and Peyton, got drawn in and then we all meet up, so... I'm in the mid of Alberta and then the other guys are in the south and we have one friend and Brian and like right mid mid between us. So we all carpool and drive a couple hours and meet in Brian's house and start playing AOS. And we started getting more, more into it. Now we all have like, we started last May Mm -hmm. and we all started just going deeper and deeper into it. And then just recently and today and um, yesterday we started talking about being, more hard like get into content creating we have enough armies between us it's insane so if if you were to make content what would the focus be yeah bat reps fun bat reps type of thing um maybe some competitive bat reps but we're still like learning and growing in the game but we're talking about bat reps maybe like hobby stuff and hobby chats just about the world of aos but not like lore but like what we your own spin, it. your own spin, and like where you connect. I like that. Yeah, yeah. I like, like that. People like to shoot the shit and speculate, and it would be more of that. 
type of thing if it's not battle report oh yeah like tinfoil hatting and stuff like that like vince venturello has practically made a brand off of it uh i think buckets here is actually moving to to your area soon so would you oh. would you be willing to accept my boy here buckets oh here? yeah of course yeah <laughs> we're in that we're it's all in the driving distance right like we have a guy down in medicine hat he drives an hour two hours to go to calgary and i drive two hours to get to calgary and we all meet up yeah like we we always have room Cool. But yeah, no, I'm just talking about it. My buddy Brian down in um the Calgary area has an open garage, and we're going to deck it out and turn it into a game area with all our armies and just content create and like it would be good because the one thing AOS is lacking, but you start noticing is female presence too. And yes, my girlfriend there will gladly yeah coach play is with actually, coach actually doing his woman women a, a Warhammer uh, cast here. Um, <laughs> I think, I you know, I I think the to be an ambassador for the game also means to to strive for inclusion and representation and uh, and I mean I lesser known fact about me is I grew up in a in a biracial family in the south, uh, you know black stepdad two black brothers, um, it it was a really weird awakening to see some sort of like just basic discrimination and stuff and i don't see a lot of that in age of sigmar so i'm like this would be a perfect place for people to just just of all walks of life to hang out like we don't even really talk about any of the heinous con contentious shit you know we just play games and like what better like you're literally all equal on the tabletop there's yep. nothing nothing it, it, like i don't you know if you're fighting at the 125 weight class or someone who's at the that 225 weight class like it, it it's it doesn't none of it matters on the table you're you're equal there it's just the you know it's just the dice it's just the rules like i there's no it's it's fantasy it's even more beautiful like they don't have all of our bullshit from the world that's going on on the table anymore i that's why i love games you know there's no there's no better place to like just have have people from all walks of life hang out yeah. suspend the bullshit for a little bit and just have fun i think if we actually uh Rather than having, like, proxy wars and shit in the Middle East, if we, like, actually just had, like, war gamers go and decide the conflicts, <laughs> like, instead, like you know, like, Russia, you know, there's, like, kind of a, like, a pseudo-newer Cold War going on right now. Like, if Russia, instead of, like, making a bunch of fake Twitter accounts and, like, being weird with our election politics here in America, <laughs> like, they just met us for a game of Age of Sigmar... That'd be way cooler. <laughs> like, isn't like isn't that kind of how the it's Olympics? It's a war game. Like, that's yeah, a yeah, yeah, yeah like right? yeah. We'll just we'll just have war games instead. The world would just be a better place. Yeah, um, I just I just feel like um, women AOS. It's more of a like you see it more honestly in how small AOS is compared to MTG mm -hmm. than MTG because. I've known a lot of females who try to get an MTG, and it's the most awkward environment for a lot of females to come into. Well, it, I, I don't know what it is, but there's a lot of weird awkwardness always with females and MTG. And you could see in their YouTube, like their YouTube community, that's a huge thing, and they're all attacking each other and making YouTube videos about each other, hating each other, and then with the females. Uh, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta put on my ally hat real quick. Uh, females isn't adjective not a noun it's women yeah. man 
no no one of one of uh one of my D group uh so i have a, I have a D, D group we play every week on sundays uh roll 20 all my college friends that just kind of scattered across the continent and we we barely see each other anymore uh her hugest pet peeve as a as a woman gamer is being called a female she hates yeah. it and so like yeah. I've, I've taken her up her cause because she's it's not just like that. Oh, she's talking for all all womankind. It's like no, no, no. Like, be respectful to my 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 friend. <laughs> she hates that shit. So, you could kiss me, Matt. <laughs> I got you. I got you. I got you, Tristan. Yeah. So 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 this is uh, if I were to have my like my one PC moment, it's like is trying to like change gears to not use females as a as a noun would be would be cool <laughs> I'm just, but, yeah no like it makes sense but like i train with a lot of women in mma yeah and they just don't want to be treated any different if i'm training with them they want to be treated like a guy no different and it should be like that in their way so you shouldn't be awkward or feel uh-huh. weird and talk different around them I agree. just I treat them like you and they'll be like easier to come in but like i was saying aos like you don't see it much on the content creator side but it's starting with like um uh, um, what's their, um, that couple who play, uh, the battle reports. Mm. I love them. Um, that couple, uh, but like, I don't know. they're the only female content creators. There's not you like mean, many. I mean, Gemma in Australia is, is fantastic and she's an excellent part of the community. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, but I noticed that more than like in, um, MTG, it's only Gabby Sparks, but it's starting to pick up more and it's like a spot where I feel like AOS people are more accepting, less attacking, and less um, defensive about new people coming in. Being a new player in MTG was the roughest thing I've been through. It is a beating. Oh, well, here's the thing. Like, this little thing where... So in Age of Sigmar, I had to deprogram from the the competitive Magic the Gathering scene. (laughs) Right, yeah. where, Where, like, when you walk up to somebody and they're like, oh, I've never played in a tournament before... They're actually telling you the truth in Age of Sigmar. And in Magic the Gathering, they're lying to you. Like, yeah. 90% of the time. And so, like, if you go into Magic the Gathering, you're like, "I'm a new, uh, this is my first tournament. Nobody believes you if it's your first tournament, and they treat you like you're lying to them, and they become a shittier to you. Yeah. It took me a little bit to realize. Like, I, I asked one of the, like, I started, I've, started asking people, oh, is this your first tournament, or blah, blah, blah. I've started doing that at, at AOS tournaments, and, like, when people say, oh, yeah, it's my first tournament, they're being sincere. And I'm like, I'm like, okay, cool, well, then, yeah, hey, yeah, this, you know, like, let's play, a, like, a great game, let's have some fun. Like, and then I tell them all my tricks, and I'm like, I'm like, this is my winning strat. I'll even tell them my winning strategy, and I'm like, now you have to try to stop me, or hope your dice are better than mine. Like, <laughs> and, and it's, it's like, it, it's such a different world because i feel like when 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 the dice go down uh like when it's just you 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 start dropping the dice on the table we do in our game almost more than any kind of just care about the game and talk to each other and when you have that it's just there's an equality on the table that that i don't like lol for instance massive gatekeeping video gaming as 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 a woman is is terrible like it's like the whole post gamergate era it's just a lot of my contemporaries 
who, who are women who've come up in, in Twitch and stuff like that, the number of times I see comments on their, on their, their videos or their social media where they're like, you only have 50 followers because you're a woman, you know, like you only got partner because you're a woman that like every time I see that, I just want to vomit blood because it's so vitriolic. I'm like, that's That's how, yeah. MTG is the same way. If you look at the YouTube comments for most parts, it's disgusting. Your dice are, in fact, better than mine, Kyle, by the way. This is objectively true, but my strategies are better than yours, so get wrecked. <laughs> yeah, my buddy's swinging in the comments, he's, like, saying his dice are terrible. He plays, um, Scryer, and I could speech... He just blows himself up 90% of the time. It's fucking hilarious. Well, that, that see, that's actually how you beat Skaven, is just... They're gonna like do the their thing, just count on it to fail. Yeah, unless it's monks, it's annoying. <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> but no, they're not so bad. But I didn't, I didn't expect to go on an inclusion rant tonight. But yeah, the, I mean, the, the, <laughs> Could, yeah. Hey, it's Rantcast, man. I want to open up an OnlyFans to prove that it isn't just for women. I see. Oh. I like. I, I like Coach Man. I, I like what you're doing there. Yeah, so, just go ahead. Just, get, just um, you play representation. I like, like uh, I. Uh, I think we, we could stand to, like, uh, as content creators, be more embracing of, of, of women, and, and I need to make it a better point to get on, like, more women on the Rantcast and stuff like that to show that they are out there and, and so on it's, and so forth. Yeah, what, what I brought it up, though, is that, like, you notice it in AOS, it's kind of growing, and it was, like, Partners at War and, like, this Gemma, and, like, you could see it starting to come, and if the communities doesn't go the way of MTG... yeah. Like it's a it's a more positive thing. Like there's a way for them to come here. It's yeah, it's good. Like yeah, well, like we like uh, like Andrea and Tanya are two are two staples of our of our community, and yeah. there I don't I don't think I've seen a a a a a a speck of of shade thrown at them in any sense. Like. I do. I don't think we're going to go the MTG route of like gatekeeping against uh, the gatekeeping that goes on in our community is very like army based and opinion based. It's not like player based, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah a lot uh, of... the way you do it is I get, I'm getting my wife into it, and she has Slanish and bring out all plague monks, Jesse. Yeah. So yeah, that's a way to get them out. Yeah. Moving yeah. six hundred models. Yeah. So. So I just, uh, to, to just kind of bring this back, uh, uh, to the sort of like the core of the episode here, you mentioned that you were starting to get the fire to fight again. Is, is yeah. Mike Davis going to get back in a, back in a cage anytime? Yeah. I need one more fight to round off on 20 pro fights. So I'm, yeah, but it's got to be the right fight and a, a fun fight. Um, I'm not going to go in there against an Olympic wrestler like my last fight. I, I don't want to go against the top five, or I want to go against someone who, like, has fun with me in the cage. Not, um, I have a couple of people in mind, and we've been talking, trying to set up a fight. I just um, want to have a fight what sparks something, and I know it's just going to be a fun fight where we could laugh. Not a serious thing, because my last couple of fights were so... Going serious because we're talking about like potential UFC shot with a win, potential like loss with a lose your UFC chance with a loss type of thing. So the pressure was dumb and the social media presence was too much. 
and it just took away why I was there and the weight cut. Like I was in February, beginning of February, like 170 pounds. And in uh, mid April, um, like April 13th, I think it was, I was 123 pounds, like 170 to 123 in like two that's, months. That's insane. That's, that's insane. That's how you lose a passion for something when you dive too deep in and take it too serious. So I, I longest is a fun thing. I don't have to wake up for and just learn to relax and have fun with it. Like, yeah. Well, we, we just came all the way back to like the, I think the main premise of, of what we've been talking about all night tonight was, is the learning to relax and keeping it fun. Right. Yeah. That's, that's, that's been a big, I, I, I can't preach that. That's one of the big reasons uh, I wanted to talk to you because you were just kind of like, we were just kind of like spitballing there. Um, you made a comment on one of my videos and it was just like, I thought it was just someone who liked MMA commenting and I basically said as much to, to Jack and he's like, oh no, that's him. And then like you send the photo, <laughs> like posing with the belt, sup map, and I'm like, okay, I got to get this guy on. And and I heard you talking about your, your sort of like mentality in the game and I'm like, this is this is pretty much my perspective on on how you learn and how you game is is that that coming in from that that position so i really enjoy that but now you've you're kind of in this this new this new cage of of competition you're actually a family man now and you were (laughs) talking a little bit about about hobbying with your your kids so just uh just real quick how has that been and and uh it's uh it's it's a lot tougher because uh during the day she's so active um, it's kind of hard to sneak. I like painting during the day with the natural sunlight mm-hmm. and playing games, get out of here with a baby. It's not happening. So if it's just you and a friend, they'll like, they'll drive you crazy. But, um, it, it's, it, it's hard, but just like I was saying earlier to you before chat, I just would like give her a paintbrush and like, let her act like she, she has some source warriors there. She's working on like, she's just plays with and smashes them around mm-hmm. um so you just got kind of got to distract them and not get mad if they break anything even though it's kind of hard but yeah. with the hobby time i find it's the only time you could do it's late at night and that's kind of not my favorite time to hobby because the lights and i have not the best eyes yeah but it's it's a whole new game it, that's for sure you just gotta yeah painting sometimes i'd like just start a base coat and I'll get an arm done. Then I got to go tend to her, run back, do a bit of the back, then run back. You know, yeah. it's kind of hard, but like my girlfriend's really good with the hobby and stuff and will let me go hobby at night. Like last night I was on for like four hours with Jack and we're just playing yeah. Total War and painting, Total War painting. So, so, so as, as a student of the game, as somebody who learns the lesson in MMA and in AOS, what lesson have you learned with balancing the hobby and parenting? Oh, jeez. Um, <laughs> are you still are you still you taking your are you still taking your licks? Are you still getting? You, you still... get screamed at by your baby. You put everything down and go. Yeah, it's that's kind of like baby comes first, right? Yeah, with MMA, you got to put yourself first. Where AOS, you can put your baby first. If MMA, you don't put yourself first, you're going to lose and not win a fight. So it's it's a bit harder with a kid unless you're actually making money or if you're a, like right now I couldn't compete against the top five fighters in the country anymore like I used to I would be fighting ex UFC fighters top ranked people Olympic wrestlers because it was me training for a fight I put myself first where now I'm going to put my daughter first and that 
won't allow me to keep up with elite athletes anymore. Yeah. So, but that does, I mean, in terms of the game of life, I feel like, uh, you know, my, my best moments have been my kids. So I don't mind taking that L. I don't mind taking the L because I'm not as prepared as somebody else in the, in age of Sigmar or magic, the gathering, you know? Yeah. Get, getting your nose broken and oral bone shattered and your Achilles torn, ACL torn. It's a bit more of a consequence than, oh, oops, I wasted two hours and got my ass whooped in AOS. You know? <laughs> Fair enough, man. Fair yeah, enough. No, I've had so many surgeries by now. Yeah, And yeah, get a decent lamp. I got to get a better lamp because yeah. I'm used to painting during the day. I just use a shitty lamp. So yeah. I, I'll get that done. Yeah, 20, later, 20 but... bucks will actually on on amazon will get you a pretty decent the the key is getting that natural light lamp trying to get the daylight lamp all right um i yeah that's how i feel painting i don't have time anymore because the kids yeah i mean i carve out all my time luckily i'm an insomniac yeah that's my super, that's my superpower if i didn't have insomnia i would never get anything done so i sympathize with the entirety of the community i'm gonna Rankcast is gonna go off i'm going to uh, probably base these dudes right here. I've got the bases ready to go. Uh, and start putting some paint on some models. 15, 30 minutes. Whatever. Just this minor busy work. And then uh, we'll see where that takes me. Um, yeah, that's, but, yeah, I'll probably paint too after this. Because I got a goal to paint 2,000 points of ogres by end of the month. So, yeah. <laughs> get going. Get grinding. And like you said, the community is there for you. You can hang out with Jack. You can hang out with these content creators. We're like we're accessible unlike some of these other other games out there which i think it yeah. makes, makes all the difference in the world and keeping that passion there i think yeah, that's no, great it's... advice in life it's about having yeah. a well-rounded life not just a soul soul focus yeah and, and that... it's finding people who have a similar interest and similar passion as you because it'll fire your passion all the time yeah where if you're kind of alone and trying to do something by yourself and like mtg just grinding arena you're going to get real sick of it real quick where this is it you're talking to your friends getting instant feedback or in the community i could go in vince pinchella's chat or doug's ask a question i'll get an answer yeah Boom. like you could figure something out you know oh now coach only if you pay him thanks <laughs> yeah. coach i'm glad you're finally sold out fully um llv asks have you managed to attend any events yet or are you planning to uh we, planning we've actually to... covered that early on uh he hasn't but yeah i'll let you take over yeah, no, I'm planning to. There's a couple of tournaments down in Calgary I want to hit. Um, I think one's in three weeks, and then one's in a month and a half, and then I'm going go to Vancouver probably to Wet Coast and meet up with Jack. Yeah. And play some AOS. Yeah, yeah. I'm so ready for that next step now. I got the rules down. I got screening and everything. And I'm just going to take that next competitive step and see how I like it. Uh, I mean, uh. LLV, yeah, no, man, you don't have to apologize for being late. I know you got your, uh, you're on the, the weird hours. You're in the uh, past a little bit. You're in Calgary. He, uh, LLV is in Calgary. Oh, so yeah, we play in Strathmore. We're playing in two weeks in Strathmore here with my gaming group. I'm in, uh, just outside of Red Deer in Rocky Mountain House. And then we're playing in Calgary. If you want to find me on my Instagram there, it's on the screen, message yeah. me. You could come join us anytime. Yeah. We're having a weekend game fest in two weeks or a week. Look at that. Look at that. We got two folks from chat gang hooking up with the guest. This has been the most serendipitous episode of Rantcast ever. And like, 
no, it is. <laughs> a message on one of my videos turned into a full-on rant cast, and now we got, we've got Bucket's future <laughs> of of gaming and LLV. I know, an LLV man, I know you feel a little bit on an island, too. Uh, you know, the, 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 the stats man of Age of Sigmar. Um, and, and then you get, you get to like, yeah. So, so like, and I mean, you're, you've got a really competitive group. So, so LLV, you're going to get that man. Yeah. 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 No, we're like, it's an open community. That's why I like this community more than anywhere. And yes, I'm probably going to attack Axe and Kamloops. I got that on my calendar. Yeah. The rank cast has become Wargamer Tinder. Yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just matchmaking. I love it. But I love yeah, it. we've. We meet up quite a, like, we're trying to meet up quite a bit, and we're turning my buddy's garage down in Strathmore into a content creator bin. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Chat, chat gang, drink deeply of the milk. <laughs> yeah, keep yeah, the bone, well, keep the bones strong. I'm drinking more of this Black Country Apple pie, this stuff. Yeah. It's freaking amazing. Yeah. I don't know what it is, but it's delicious. It, meth this is your calling bringing people together bringing nerds together it's true no no you don't you don't know how true that is buckets my entire mo my entire premise is fuck nerd tribalism it's dumb uh like like whatever tribalism in real life because like there's fight or flight and you gotta like fight to survive and evolution and all that stuff so, okay cool you know the may the best human win and pass on your gene seed whatever I, i'll concede but at the table, we are in nerdery, whether it's Star Trek or Star Wars, whether it's it's Marvel or DC, whether it's Age of Sigmar or 40K. What What's 40K anyway? Like, <laughs> I, I don't care about your tribe. I just care about how much you love your thing that is nerdy and almost doesn't matter. You know, like, it, it's just like, like, no matter what's going on out there right now, I get to play games with tiny plastic men and for two hours just have a blast. And I get to go on the internet and have conversations about something I care about that improves my day. It, like, it, it improves my day to talk about my tiny plastic humans. and Well, skeletons. Come on. Um, yeah. <laughs> like, and it improves other people's days. And, like, that's what it's about for me is, like, finding this common ground of nerdery, that love and stuff like that. Uh, he says he's not on Graham. Are you on Twitter? Uh, yeah, no, I'm not on... I, I don't even know what my old Twitter is. I stopped that when I stopped fighting, but I just put my email there, and I'm on Facebook everywhere. Yeah. So Yeah, so he, he uh, put the email, and, and LLV, you can always message me, man, and I'll get you in contact. Yeah. I think... Yeah, you have my Facebook, too, so... Yeah. Yeah. Or Discord, whatever. <laughs> or AOS your... coach only cares about Corona and toilet paper. Don't, don't infect That's... him, you bastards. Yeah. <laughs> you're not like 65 years old you should be fine it's true it's true all right man the panic's way worse than what it is let's let's get real all I right mean, it's a terrible thing but yeah yeah so so we're, any we're... any any lingering thoughts any uh soapbox moments you want to you want to get off your chest uh, no not overly i think we pretty much covered everything here um yeah we're just going look to we're just trying to come up with a name and get content creating right away. And then I could go down to Seattle and beat Jack's ass and AOS like the Ravens beat the Seahawks. Then go from there. I fucking love it. <laughs> That's the kind of shade I'm here for. Corona yeah. beer is, you're just drinking Corona beer wrong. You got to put the, you got to put the lime and the salt in it. 
You got, you got it. hookah. I don't know what you're talking about. The Corona yeah. with the lime and the salt makes it makes it better. Uh, the, the danger zone. Oh no, LLV, you're in the danger <laughs> zone. All right. Any anything you want to put on blast? No, no. I have any shoutouts, Zach? No, I'm just going to beat him in another bed and get more models for free. So other than that, I'm pretty good. All been right. A blast. Man, I, I, I love tonight's show. Uh, yeah, if, it's if been a blast. I got a nice buzz on, and I'm happy. So yeah, no, it's it was a great it was a great hang. Like it wasn't it, like MMA question. Did you ever get to train or fight with Nick Ring? I know Nick Ring very very well. I trained with him at BDB training. Um, he coached me quite a bit, and um, Brian Bird, who was his coach, cornered me a lot. I um trained a lot out of that gym. Nick Ring, I know very 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 well. LLV, yeah. do you want to do a real quick AMA with him, man? Because like, a- MMA is not my like my wheelhouse. I yeah. you'll have to watch this back. Yeah, we talked a little bit about MMA or oh, a lot of bit about MMA in there. Um, kind of your your legacy, I think, uh, through it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah Hakeem Dawood, Owen Carter, Nick Ring, Brian Bird, Sheila Bird. I know all those guys from that gym. I could. I I love the Calgary fight scene. I trained out of there a lot. Um, they took me in and coached me when a lot of gym politics were going on between my gym and another gym and they didn't care and Jordan Mean. Um yeah, no, I I loved all those Calgary crew. I know them very well. Noah Lee's out of there too, so yeah. <laughs> I love the Calgary fight scene. Yeah, LV, you really should have come earlier, man. It, this was the episode for you, dude. Um yeah. We talked yeah. a lot of MMA earlier. Yeah, yeah, a lot of MMA and kind of bring it in into to AOS. It was, it was. I'm gonna. I think what this means, I'm gonna have to have you back on, man. Yeah, I'm. I'm down anytime after I'll start my show too. <laughs> yeah, there you go, and then you can actually like talk about your show, and then like we'll do some of that. We'll do some of the plugging the show thing, and we'll, we'll like we're real content creators. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Right now, I just hang off a of jack, and just he he recommended me to you, and so. Yeah, you don't have, shows how the community grows, right? Yeah, that's it. Well, yeah, yeah, it is. It is, and and you don't need to plug rerolling run ones because rerolling ones will be on next week on Rantcast. Tune in. Yeah, no, I'll I'll come and watch that <laughs> show and talk some smack. But that's just what I mean. Um, when it comes to this, like you shared my comment and stuff. Just when you're on content creators groups and like Partners War, or any little groups, uh, Cinderfall Gaming, or even like you, just. If there's a content creator out there and something you love, make sure you like show a little love, make comments, and it's, it puts a little fuel in the fire because I know that's how I was with MMA. I fight and someone... Ken Shamrock's one of the worst MMA fighters in the history. <laughs> Get out of here, coach. Get out of here. God. He's, he's trolling. He's trolling. Yo, God. Um, <laughs> yeah, so like, just make sure like AOS coaches and like all these guys, make sure you leave little comments and... Just make sure they know, because when you, after you fought, every little comment on photos and pictures or a good job, it all adds up and helps the fuel. It does. No, it. I, I got into my own little like comment uh, vortex recently, and I shouldn't have. But it, you, you, we're not. We're all human. You know, all of us. Whether you're 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 making comments or you're you're taking the comments or you're making content or or you're just commenting on it. Like we're all humans here, and uh, you know. You know, treat treat each other like humans. Uh, that's all I got. Chat gang, thank you so yeah. much. You've been you've been amazing tonight. The show within the show, Mike. Man, yeah. come back sometime. This was awesome. I had so much. Yeah, fun. this was awesome. Thank you for having me. All right, the world's most dangerous man. Oh, jeez. Okay. 
Well, I'm 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 uh, I'm uh, I'm the most dangerous man in Age of Sigmar, and I think Mike is the world's most dangerous man. So, <laughs> good night, everybody. Well, my weight class. <laughs> <laughs> I only had his weight class. Good night, everybody. Thank you for so much for hanging out with us. Yeah, thank you.